Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Crunwell, here today with Paul Batbaby Groskoff. How are you doing, sir? Where's my little battering lollipop? (laughs) Where's my my bat bottle? Um, (laughs) My bat bat pacifier. You know that Batman has that on his utility belt, um, just in case. Yeah, or your bat mobile. Yeah. Ah! so you know good. what I'm saying? You're so like good. That. Um, so we, <laughs> we. Oh man, this is the first. We forget. It doesn't matter. I was about to say that I forgot to start recording. We're, this is the second time we're starting the podcast. Let me just suffice it to say. But today we're talking about Batman. So both of us are huge Batman fans. So we wanted to talk about Batman in video games. I should preface this by saying this is not some like scholarly deep dive or anything. We're not trying to get super deep and technical but we're just going to look through the history of batman and video games talk about our favorite video games our favorite movies and our favorite batman uh, from the films and everything like that so it should be a fun i've been really excited about this again we're both huge batman fans i have my batman shirt on my batman underwear we both have batman mugs next to us so we are ready to go but of course before we get there we have a few things to talk about before we get to the news I had this hypothetical question, and I think you and I are both kind of on the same page. We both love these hypothetical questions that, you know, deep questions that make us think. So if one Nintendo character were to have an OnlyFans, who do you think it would be? <laughs> Wario. That was my yeah. thought, too. That was exactly my thought. I was like, he, he's, he's so much about like these like get-rich-quick schemes. Yes. You know? Of course, at first I was thinking, like, who would I want to have an OnlyFans? And I'm like, mm, Princess Peach, Rosalina or someone. But, like, no, it would be Wario. And he would he would change it. It would be, like, Only Farts or something. <laughs> and he would, you know, sell flatulence like that one person, that one woman who got in trouble recently for it. But um, <laughs> Wait, someone was selling flatulence? <laughs> this woman was selling farts in a jar. And she ended up going to the hospital because of, like, I think the, the medical report was something like a diet, a, a diet heavy in beans. And, oh, shit. like something some kind of block she had like a mini heart attack or something so yeah she she was was paying for her her art. hubris no i'm just kidding yeah, her art. <laughs> she's sacrificing yes. for her amen for her arts but, yeah her arts but i mean arts. that weirdly if you were one of the people that bought one of those jars maybe that was like good news you were like i'm glad she's okay but at least we know they were real farts and it wasn't just like you know just bottling up air and being like sure i farted in it like she was she was doing the work. Right. She's a hard worker. Right, yeah. And you're like, how many more farts do you think she's going to do? These are going to, you know, skyrocket. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah, exactly. Now now it's like a, a hot commodity. People are like, <laughs> she can probably only squeeze four or five out a day safely. So get them while they're hot. <laughs> but that would be that would be Wario for sure, 100%. Yes. So He's got I'm that, glad we're on the same page. She's got that big old badonkadonk. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. That mustache. Yes. Mm, yeah. The, the, the chiseled chin. The butt yeah, chin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so he's got two. He's got the big badonkadonk and the little badonkadonk. Yeah, that's so, right. He twerked that thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back it up. <laughs> Foolishness aside, let's talk about the news. So there, uh, 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 several things happened in the news this week. 
New York Times bought Wordle for a million dollars. That's been kind of a big thing. Are you? Do you play Wordle? I love Wordle. It's awesome. Me too. I just started. Yeah. Yeah. Same. This um, week, actually. <laughs> same. Yeah. I think I'm like six or seven days in, and it's. I I both hate that it's only one a day, but I also am like that's probably part of why I love it because if you gave me unlimited puzzles, I would immediately get bored within two or three days and be like, eh, okay. But the fact that like when it hits midnight, I'm like, oh hey, Wordle time. That's a Wordle o'clock, you know. <laughs> Wordle o'clock. Um, <laughs> that's the the hour strikes twelve. The Wordle. <laughs> <laughs> the Wordle falls. Yes, and it's like yeah, I treasure it. Like it's yeah, it's so exciting. And I think part of what makes it so accessible is that there's for sure a component of luck in there, you know, and it makes you feel smart. Like part of it is like you get lucky, like you pick the right letters and like some of them are right. And you're like, I can think of like eight words that have those letters and you put it in, you get it. And you're like, I'm a genius. Like, again, you got kind of lucky because it could have been any of those eight words. But but yeah, I, I love it. Um, so the New York Times bought Wordle for a million dollars. Uh, yesterday, Sony had its state of play that was focused on Gran Turismo 7. Looked beautiful, but I don't imagine we have to talk too much about that. Uh, we were just talking about a report from Bloomberg came out that suggests that the, as the rumor flies, um, <laughs> that's not that's not a phrase. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed from 2022 to 2023. It's not official yet. But if that's the case, that would be our first injury <laughs> for the lit. And it was yours, unfortunately. <laughs> it was. You hate to see it. You hate to see yeah. it happen. We were talking before the podcast and then like, I'm so much more invested in this stuff than I ever was. Like, you know, scores and stuff. I'm I, immediately when the Dying Light 2 embargo lifted, I was on Metacritic like, what's, what's it at? What does Ron get? Ron has Dying Light 2. It's the first of our potential players to score. So... So far, it's sitting at a 77, but all the reviews haven't been submitted yet. So Game Informer gave it a 9.5. I imagine that's probably going to bump it up a little bit. But um, but yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see. What, but I'm so much more interested in this stuff now because yes. we have this fantasy draft going. Um, but the, the one story that we probably should talk about or that we want to talk about this week is that Sony acquired Bungie for $3.6 billion, which again two weeks ago would have seemed like an immense amount and now in the shadow of the activision blizzard acquisition by microsoft is like oh that's it that's all they got a deal (laughs) 3.6 billion um but jim ryan uh playstation president posted on uh, the playstation blog today i am happy to announce bungie will be joining the playstation family first off i want to be very clear to the community that bungie will will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher As such, we believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization, and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaboration between these two world-class groups. I have spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and the Bungie management team to develop the right relationships where they will feel, excuse me, where they uh, will be fully backed and supported by Sony Interactive Entertainment and enabled to do what they do best, build incredible worlds that captivate millions of people. Bungie's world-class expertise in multi-platform development, and this is where I, I included this much because I think this part is in particularly, in particular, might be important. Bungie's world-class expertise in multi-platform development and live game services will help us deliver on our vision of expanding PlayStation to hundreds of millions of gamers. 
Bungie is a great innovator and has developed incredible proprietary tools that will help PlayStation Studios achieve new heights under Herman Hulst's leadership, end quote. So before we get into the nitty gritty, just generally speaking, how how did that news strike you? Amazing. Like a, a world in which 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 Bungie, you know, so so powerfully associated with Xbox would would, you know, at some point become you know acquired by by playstation that, that was mind-blowing mm-hmm. and also i think i think it's really exciting too because if you look at like bungie's development history particularly pre-halo they're this kind of exciting very independent game company that's working on a lot of different kinds of things and i think playstation with that in mind is one of the best places you can sort of go because they are so supportive of their, their development teams, but they're the projects they're doing are, are really interesting and super diverse. And um, yeah, I think that that is such a, a great, you know, environment for, for hopefully the, the team at Bungie to work. Yeah. I think like you said, Bungie has been known for being independent and that's part of, the reason from my understanding that they wanted to break from Microsoft initially because Microsoft owned them, they acquired them. And then once they broke from Microsoft in part to be more independent, they very quickly, unfortunately signed a 10 year publishing deal with Activision Blizzard, which, you know, they reported, you know, we're going to maintain our independence. We get creative control over this new IP destiny and all that stuff. Um, And then eight years into the deal, they, they they jetted they said no thanks actually we're going to be independent again uh and for when i was reading they were adamant that like no like activision blizzard weren't overlords or anything like that but there were also reports that activision blizzard wanted them to do specific things with destiny and so maybe they weren't overlords but they did seem to be to want a level of control that bungie wasn't comfortable with it seems like Sony is aware of that history and is like kind of, I mean, maybe it's the optimist in me, but I'm thinking like maybe Sony's kind of rescuing Bungie and like, you know, we will support you. We'll give you the money to hire people and to maintain these platforms, you know, but the question I think becomes what does Sony get out of this? I've, I've heard some people talking about that. What do you think? Because Bungie's maintaining its independence. They were very clear. They mentioned that multiple times in the in the announcement, both um, the Sony president and um, Pete Parsons and Jason Jones, the the Bungie management team that's mentioned in their their comments on it. They also said we're maintaining our independence. We're going to be multi platform. So if that's the case, and they they clarified that that also includes things like Xbox. So if Bungie's going to be making games and like these live service games that are available on playstation and xbox and pc and wherever else what does sony get out of this yeah well on one hand maybe the ability to profit from 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 gamers on different platforms you know (laughs) and like and and i think i think that's certainly valuable i mean that's why microsoft is like listen you know we want to talk to sony just to be clear that call of duty isn't going anywhere because like ultimately they benefit from that um so I think that's part of it. My hope, though, too, along with that would be that um, they would also maybe do like an occasional like pro- like project for like Sony exclusively or like something really centered 
on the PlayStation Five. Like I'm thinking like something that like really involves like like the the PS Five controller, for example, like all the cool haptic feedback, and like maybe yeah, they'll yeah. be able to do some more. Like even if they're doing like multi platform releases, like they're they're doing some Sony specific stuff that like is really special and generally comes out of like Sony's main sort of developers. So th- that would be my hope. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's the biggest question mark for me. Like I do because when you have an acquisition, a lot of times that comes with like IP and a stable of games and stuff like that. Bungie gave up the rights to their previous games when they were acquired by other companies. So they do still own the rights to Destiny, but if that's multi-platform, then what does Sony get? And like you said, I'm hoping that it's it's not that Sony's like, yeah, you can keep Destiny multi-platform, but from now on you're working on Sony stuff, and more like, okay, so we're going to bring you into this family, and you can still do your independent stuff, but we will give you more money to spin up side studios or side projects where that will be focused, like you said. And that's why I read that, that last part of the statement um, where he says world-class expertise in multi-platform development right right that and more specifically uh bungie is a great innovator and has developed incredible proprietary tools that right there i'm wondering if they're in part purchasing these tools and probably the the skills that go with them like the people that are able to use these tools um so it's more about like We've, we, you, you, the manpower, you with your creative visions can do whatever you want. You can do this independent stuff. But with that comes the ability for us to then take it and do other, you know, they can take those tools, those proprietary tools, or that knowledge of how to spin up a game, sir, a live service game. Because I, I also saw a report, I, I didn't pull it because it was just before the podcast that said that Sony is planning on having something like 10 live service games by 2026. I think it was 2026 or 2036 or something if that's the case you know there sony doesn't have a track record of live service games there's not a ton of games out there that that are like destiny or like um world of warcraft or anything like that so so maybe that's it maybe it's not even just about we bought the studio now do what we want you to do but like we bought the studio give us access to your toys because we want to use those toys to do other things so yeah well and um again studios under the playstation umbrella really cross pollinate like that so like Mm -hmm. thinking about like folks from naughty dog who are like working with like santa monica studios for like god of war and things like that you know yeah yeah. so i mean yeah i love that idea of just like again because yeah as you say if, if that's sony's plan like what a great studio to bring into the fold like destiny has been going on forever and you know has has such a devoted following and and as we we learned from things like uh like Back for Blood, like that that sort of cross platform, you know, uh experience can be really tricky <laughs> to navigate. So yeah, having a really yeah. sort of seasoned studio that's that's done that for years now. And and frankly has like historically really shaped the way that like so many online, you know, games like work now. Like just thinking of like the, the lobby system that came out of uh halo 2 for example yeah yeah so i mean yeah what in that regard i wasn't really even thinking of it that way but yeah just for that expertise alone what a great you know sort of partnership yeah so i definitely hope that it's beneficial for both of them i hope bungie's finally found a home where they can feel independent and you know 
creative uh, and are supported and then Sony gets something valuable out of it too. I think that would be really cool. Um, the other thing is before we move on, I just very quickly want to say that like I'm, I also can't help because people were saying, oh, Sony's panicking. You know, once Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, they ran out and bought Bungie. And it's like, these are multi-billion dollar deals. <laughs> right. These don't happen like, Overnight. oh shit, let me go buy a studio. <laughs> um even if even if these companies want them to like if sony wanted that i don't think a company like you know <laughs> bungie is gonna be like oh shit really you want to sh- i guess yeah just fucking do it you know what i mean like on the purchasing end like you're not gonna make a decision like that the investors behind your company are not gonna make a decision like that that quickly so um like, i don't think it's as easy to snap up companies as people <laughs> people like to think we bought bungee in a bender i woke up the next morning and was like what <laughs> <laughs> i checked my pocket and it was bungee <laughs> what is bungee doing in there oh shit what did i do last night yeah. <laughs> oh god i have to retrace my steps <laughs> a new game by quantic dreams um yes okay <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, well, the, but the thing is, like, then, but it does make me wonder if we are seeing these big acquisitions because they are happening because of the idea of the quote-unquote metaverse. And I wonder if some of these game companies, these these console game companies in particular, are a little bit worried about these tech giants like Google and Apple and Facebook trying to snap up talent and like in order to make their metaverse come true and like make it a reality because their developers i'm assuming have a very different set of skills and you need the ability to make a virtual space virtual 3d spaces um that work with a number a great number of people you know like like destiny um and so i'm wondering if that's part of it is it's not necessarily sony and microsoft competing with each other but competing against outside forces you know but um but who knows so, having said that, <laughs> what have you been playing, dear sir? So, I have been playing two things, and we have one one shared game. Um, so, one, I, I'm continuing to play Stardew Valley, only only a little bit, because um, this week has been pretty busy, but uh, I've been enjoying that a lot, and then the... Still no, still no love? No, still okay, no, no love yet. Like, literally, between... Um, our our last conversation and like today i think we only maybe did like four or five days um so baywatch goes you know what i'll throw i'll throw two names out though you know just to do it uh i'll say penny can can i guess okay i was gonna say i was gonna guess penny and abby abigail (laughs) those are actually the two names i was gonna throw out yeah yeah yeah. that would have been my guess yeah yeah so they they, Um, they have my my interest at the moment very interesting yeah i'd be curious because a lot of people end up choosing and then just wooing the person but i was like trying to make like please everyone at once so i I would look at their schedules and keep stuff on me and if i saw them i'd give them something to like increase our relationship so i was sort of like equally increasing so i got to kind of have a better sense of who they were um but yeah I'm, i'm super curious so check in next week on the next edition of Baywatch, but uh, <laughs> so what? Uh, so I well, I know what the other game is, but please go ahead. Yeah. So then the other game is Halo Infinite, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so good, and um, 
I yeah, the multiplayer is always great, but they brought back the the samurai event this week, which I friggin' love so much. So yeah. I've been I've been playing so much Fiesta with with Joey, of course. Yeah, I love Fiesta. I I also have to say I love the challenges, and so I wish they were never ending. I understand there's it's a paid service and blah blah blah, but like it's thursday and i only have like one or two challenges left and so i'm kind of sad already that like because one of the things that i love about the challenges and we were talking about this yesterday when we were playing is that it makes me feel like we're sort of helping each other out because we all come in together there's like usually it's me you tab and ron sometimes tab's friend taylor joins us and we will be like what like what what challenges do you have i have this and i have that and will you have this and that so can we do a little bit of this and then we'll do a little bit of that and so we get to number one try a bunch of different game like modes which i love but also just it just feels good to like help someone out like oh man i really don't like that mode but you need it so let's do it and then we do it and it's like yeah i got it so i'm I'm a little sad that i'm already kind of out of that but yeah. I can just make stuff. I just lie and be like, <laughs> oh, so I gotta do oddball, even though I don't really like oddball. But <laughs> You're lying about like a horrible fake challenge that you would never exactly. want to do. <laughs> I need 30 says, back smacks and oddball. <laughs> yeah. It says your friend has to teabag you 50 times. Oh, no. That's kind of weird. Yes, we did get horrible teabag vengeance on a. On a poopy player oh, the other day <laughs> we should yeah we should we should talk about that so we were playing and like let's let's start by saying that we are not teabaggers no, no. like none of us are aggressive teabaggers we don't teabag unprompted but if someone teabags us it's on like you're gonna <laughs> when we kill you we're gonna and so we just started a match and sometimes the teabagging comes like at the end so you get the sense that maybe they're frustrated Tab got killed by this this guy early in the match, like in the first minute or two, and Tab was like, "Well, this person's an aggressive teabagger, so like not not accidental teabagger, aggressively like teabagging Tab." So we were like, "Let's get him!" And we were on the <laughs> training ground. I can't remember. Is that what the m- map is called? I think training so. Ground? Yeah. And so we're down in the tunnel, which is a really small restricted space, and someone killed that guy, the the teabagger down there. And was like, I got that guy. And we just all happened to be converging. <laughs> and we just, just all of us just teabagging like crazy. It was so rewarding and fulfilling. So good. It was so, it was so incredible. <laughs> We've never been closer as a team than we yeah. were. <laughs> and again, oh, if you're, you're listening and you somehow end up playing against us online, you know, we, we're not, you know, the teabag and sort, we will treat yeah. you with dignity and have a fun time, but absolutely. Yeah. Even if we think you're cheating, because sometimes people were like, mm, this, this person seems to be shooting through walls or whatever. We still don't teabag. It's really only if you're going to drag your balls across our face, you <laughs> can expect a face full of balls back. Like, yeah, that's, it's only fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I too have been playing Halo and loving it. Uh, and I've continued on a little bit of Persona Q. I don't have much more to say other than I mentioned before, it's a first person, first, first person dungeon crawler. And what I found now, I played a little bit more, is when you go into the dungeon, you can, you actually, they kind of require you in a way to map the dungeon. So it's on the 3DS. And so on the bottom screen, you have your map like a lot of DS and 3DS games do. 
but you with your stylus you actually draw out the map as you're going and you put little markers of like stairs here walls here uh, treasure here that kind of thing and at first it was one of those things where i'm like oh man that's just one extra thing i have to do like i just let me go let me just do the dungeon but of course almost immediately i'm like this is kind of fun so that's been kind of fun and then uh more i've been uh, playing hitman 2 and 3 so i finished hitman 2 moved on to hitman 3 i just started it but i'm having a great time with them you know agree with again all the positive praise that they've gotten they've been they've been so much fun but i will say that i i feel like such a lazy assassin when i'm going through these levels there's all these really creative ways that i can tell that they set up like they want you to you're like here's all these different ways that you can kill this person you can push this big thing over this heavy thing you can set up this like event where someone's going to accidentally fall and knock this thing well like there's so many different ways creative ways to kill them and i never do that because I, I get sort of impatient. And so I basically what I do is I just find the person and I find a dark corner and I find like an angle and then I just shoot him with my silence pistol <laughs> and walk away <laughs> and like that's it. And uh, and at first I felt kind of cool about it. I'm like, oh, that's right. Stealth assassin. Like, pew, pew. <laughs> who shot? Him? Oh, my God. Everyone goes crazy and I'm just walking out all cool. <laughs> and then I was like. This is so boring, though. The game wants me to do, like, creative stuff. They're like, ooh, you could drop this toaster in the bath when they're taking a bath. And I'm just like, nah, I'd rather just do-do-do-do. And, so, <laughs> and so they finally, at the end of the second game, forced me, I think, in a way, to do creative stuff. Um, so I'm. it was the, the mission where you're at this castle. I think it's a castle off the coast of Scotland or something like that. And you have to assassinate these two socialites who are sort of trying to take over in a way this like secret society um and you have to not kill this third guy who's also kind of a bad guy uh you have to sort of protect him he has like a kill switch in his neck and one of the socialites has like a kill has the the button or whatever yeah it's very tab described it as being very um eyes wide shut and i agree everyone's got masks it's like this big ball there's like tons of people around guards and everything and so there's so few opportunities to stand in the corner and pew, pew, you know what I mean? And you have to kill two of them. And <laughs> and if you if you alert them, then I think they hit the kill switch. At least that's that wow. was the assumption I was under. So I did have to find creative ways. And it was actually so fun. One of them, I so there was this this ceremony where she was going to be it was like a burning man type of thing. Like she'd be like she'd go into this big effigy and it would get lit on fire. But then there was a trap door under that she would like go down so she wouldn't actually get burned. Well, guess who tampered with the trap door and then pretended to be the master of ceremonies and like led her up to it and then set it on fire. It was so cool. Uh, and then the other one, um, I pretended to be <laughs> this like old associate uh, associate her because they were like oh, twins, damn. Like, their sisters. <laughs> um, so for her sister, I pretended to be this old associate and I like stole this like uh, this necklace that was under like heavy guard and I felt very cool doing that. And then I met up with her and somehow she didn't recognize. She's like, oh, it's you, old associate or whatever. But I went to her room and she said, helpfully, thankfully, she sent all her guards away. And so I was like, let me try this necklace on you. And then I strangled her and and like hit her body. Yeah, it was very cool. So that, you know, it took more work. It takes a lot more time to like go around and like set things up and listen in on conversations. But it was really rewarding. It felt very... I didn't have to kill a single person other than my two targets, so it was really cool. But yeah, so I've been having fun with those. So 
let's i guess should we transition to batman yes into the bat cave yes. we go i don't know if i can do the music i might we might get get busted maybe you but, can just um, yell rachel like he does in batman begins rachel. when he's driving through the waterfall yeah rachel. i do that all the time and sometimes it doesn't make sense like someone will be doing something like yelling or something and i'm like rachel and they're like what are you what and i'm like it's it would have made sense ten years ago. Um, <laughs> you, you would have been on the floor <laughs> crying with laughter ten years ago. <laughs> You're not a real Batman fan. <laughs> oh, um, <no. laughs> but before we get into the actual timeline and start talking about some old, you know, we're gonna move kind of move through time, look at some old video games and uh, into the present. Let's talk about our love for the character, how we discovered the character. Uh, and then just casually, just again, like maybe some of our favorite iterations, favorite storylines, movies, and stuff like that. I know this could get out of hand in and of itself, so <laughs> we'll try to keep it relatively short. But how did you, do you have early memories of Batman? Like, where do you remember falling in love with Batman? Yeah, so I fell in love very early on with the animated series, which um, I would watch. It, it was a couple of years after it had, it had initially sort of come out. But I would watch it all the time. All of my action figures were like from that show. I yes. had like the um like my bedspread was from that show. I had like it was like Batman and Robin and the Riddler and Two Face and like the Joker were on it. And I had like a, a Batman pillow. I had like a um a tiny version of the the Batmobile from the animated series ah, that I awesome. played with all the time. That it was even cooler than just a version of that because it popped out and it became the Batjet. So oh, like the yeah. Th- yeah yeah it was awesome. It still is it's probably at my parents' house somewhere so I should I should maybe find it again and put it somewhere. But <laughs> I I had the bat jet that was like the individual the standalone bat jet and cuz I had like the two wings that you like clipped on and so you could when when I was playing with it anyways I would pretend like of course because it always crashes like in animated series <laughs> right. they always crash so I would pretend like it crashed and like the wing would snap off and like one wing and it would like start spinning and um i yeah i loved i had so many of the toys as well i used to love those those were some of my favorites to play with but yeah they yeah so feature, that's where it started for you i was gonna say too they'd always feature bat like batman that never showed up on the show so it's like batman's scuba diving gear and right. i was like what what episode is that yeah and then it never it never happened but like i i could have those adventures with my action figures then because like right yeah, like Arctic Freeze Batman. I remember that one. I don't yes. think that was animated series, but like you dip him in cold water and he would change color. Ah, oh, man, those were so cool. So and cool. like th- I, I hardly ever had an opportunity. Like I wouldn't set up like an Arctic. I, you know what I mean? Like I would very few. I usually just wanted the plain Batman because I'm like that's the one that I'm role playing here. I'm in Gotham City kind of thing. But occasionally I would, or like if someone wanted to buy me a gift, my parents would be like, just buy him one of the other ones. And so I'd get like desert strike Batman or I don't know. I'm just making something up, but like (laughs) I'd get some weird one. And yeah, like if I wanted to, I could, like you said, I could, or I could just pretend that it was a new type of suit, which is what I would do. Yeah, exactly. Like Mr. Freeze is coming and attacking Gotham. And so I need Arctic, my Arctic suit or something. So yeah, I loved, I loved that stuff. Um, so that's that's where it started for you was the animated series. Yep, animated series, and then um, funnily enough, 
like right after that the Joel Schumacher movies because um, wow they were they were coming out after you know like kind of right around that time and then um, I watched those. And then, like, you know, when you're watching it, when you're, like, five or six years old, you don't have the same critical lens. So, like, it was like, oh, you know, like, was, you know, wow. You know, I, I want I, I wanted to buy the, the bat hammer, you know, that crazy, you know, like, car, like, jet thing that he drives, you know, in the movie. But then, of course, you watch the movie as an adult, and you're like, that thing is literally in the movie, that big thing that he drives down you know gotham it's in the movie for five seconds and then gets blown up by mr freeze's you know freeze ray and is never seen again and yet when i was little i was like yeah you know like, it looks so good <laughs> um, but i i i liked that a lot and then like another thing that was happening that around the same time was i started going to the public library a lot because um you know, like, for comics and stuff, I didn't have, like, a ton of, like, money and, you know, like, comics yeah. were expensive. But they would have um, all those trade paperbacks at the library for free. And, you know, they'd been read by, like, 8 million children, so they were kind of gross. And, you know, they'd been, you know, <laughs> page through. But that's where I really started to fall in love with that character because I was reading, um, you know, Hush. I was reading, like... Um, long halloween uh like uh, frank miller stuff and then by the time the nolan movies came out i was like yeah you know like and i was i was right on my way so that's amazing had you watched the tim burton ones because i feel like the tim burton movies from 89 and 92 i think it was um were such a big shift with like in terms of batman in pop culture and how immensely yes. like popular he was at what point do you remember ever going back to like watching those and like having any thoughts or anything i yeah i watched them um probably around that same time when i started reading like batman comics more regularly um so well after weirdly enough i came to the joel schumacher ones like significantly before the tim burton ones but um yeah no i came back to them i really love I love them and I, I love them then because they were so, and this is like the, the kind of idea, right. That we're shifting dramatically from like Adam West to like something, something right. much different. And I, I, I yeah, I, I, I think I thought they were great then. And I've actually, the, the, the older I get, the more I appreciate them. And um, yeah, how, yeah. How, how, like how amazing that like Jack Nicholson performance as the Joker is and like, Batman Returns, like, I don't know if we're ever going to get, like, a Batman movie that's that sort of brave with how it's, oh, yeah. like, structured and ever again. But, yeah, it's, I, I think they're amazing. I loved Batman Returns. Batman Returns is is maybe that in combination with uh, the animated series, which is sort of around, like you said, around the same time, um, are, like, the two things that really cemented Batman as like this core part of my soul and like such an important part of my life. Um, and why for the longest time until the Nolan movies came along when people were like, what's your favorite Batman? And a lot of people preferred the original Batman from 1989, which I love. It was a great movie, but there was something about Batman returns um, that like you said, was so, was so brave and, you know, it's so, so interesting to me to look back and I think it holds up. I think for the most part, the movie holds up is still visually stunning and all these things. Um, but 
Warner Brothers, which has had some blunders, like as as a parent company, Warner Brothers is like, mm. right. but like one of the things was they were like, it's too dark, it's too adult, it needs to be for kids. And then we got the Joel Schumacher movies, which were widely panned. And like maybe like you said, you were a kid, so maybe you weren't thinking, and you were just like, right. oh shit, Mister Freeze is so funny, like you know, all these puns, and they're playing <laughs> hockey and stuff like that. Right. But I think for a lot of people that were coming up with like Tim Burton, and my I was one of them, like Tim Burton. Batman and then the Batman comics like you said Nightfall was another big one Nightfall, yeah. for me it was like it seemed like they thought Batman was a joke you know what I mean so I think you know again Tim Burton not solely of course but like you know for his his creative vision matched up with what so many people wanted Batman to be or thought Batman was or should be so yeah I for my journey this is going to make me sound far older than I am but my journey actually did start with the Adam West Batman oh, yes. sort of by accident because like when I was about four years old because and I remember it must be I must have been three or four because we moved houses when I was like I had just turned five years old. So I have like F these memories that I have come from this house on like Whipple Street in Chicago. I know I was not five years old yet. So it was like three or four years old. And when my grandma would like put me down for a nap, I never wanted to go to sleep. I couldn't take a nap. Even now I have problems sleeping. So instead of napping, I would watch the Adam West Batman, which would be showing at like 2 p.m. in the middle of the day or Gilligan's Island. Those were like the two <laughs> the two shows. But Batman was the one where like I didn't want to be Gilligan. I wanted to be Batman. So I would like play. I would go and like play Batman. And I broke my two front teeth when I was a kid pretending that i was like batman sitting on a chair and i would like put this piece of wood on the arms and use it as like a steering wheel or like wings for the bat. and so i i fell back and broke my teeth oh but, no <laughs> yeah um but i wouldn't even credit it like i didn't it wasn't a part of my soul yet and then the 1989 uh tim burton movie came out and i loved that but i it still it was kind of dark and it was very adult and so i don't think i got like all of the themes it was just fun to watch and then the Batman Returns came out and there was so much that I loved about it. Like not just the idea of like Batman as this like tortured hero, but like I loved Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. I had such a crush on her and I loved it. Like they couldn't be together for like, you know, because they're both like they, they love each other, but they're on just different paths. And uh, there's a hint right at the end that like maybe Selena Kyle didn't die slight spoiler alert um and then the animated series came out and so i'm well i was like the perfect age i was like 10 years old or something when that came out and so i was watching that religiously it was like you said i was buying the toys had so many batman toys and then you know then i i just as you did i started getting into the comics i loved the nightfall comics yeah. like looking back like sure they were trying to cash in a little bit on like the death of superman like sure. that whole kind of thing but even now reading back on them um, and like funeral for a friend, like all the Batman and the Superman crossover stuff. I just love that period. And I love the nightfall story and how long it took Batman to kind of come back up on his feet. But like I said, we could probably talk about this forever, but, um, but yeah, what? that's where I sort of started. I was going to say, do you have a favorite Batman animated series episode? Episode? Well, the Mr. Freeze, is it called heart of ice? I think heart or of something ice, yeah. like that. And that's a two-parter, isn't it? It's one. It's a, it's a one actually. It's a one okay. done. It just feels because it's so amazing that it, mm -hmm. it feels like 
it should be longer no that's that's yeah. my favorite as well that's so good okay yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah well, and i love it because it humanizes mr freeze and i think over time batman writers have gotten so much better at making batman villains so much more complex like batman in part is known for his rogues gallery and the batman shirt i'm wearing is the cover of detective comics um number 566 i think it is I'm looking at it I'm trying to read it upside down um and it's the rogues gallery on the on the cover and like that's in part people are like oh i love batman because i love the villains but like they used to be so kind of shallow and cartoony and gimmicky but over time i think writers have been like well what makes them interesting and really gotten into some interesting stuff and mr freeze is one of them like yeah some of Batman, and I, I love what they also did with Poison Ivy in the animated series. I don't remember a specific episode, but in general, the animated series was really good about making villains who you could sort of side with and be like, well, damn, I like Poison Ivy. Like, she just wants what's best for the Earth. And, like, she's not going about it in a great way. She's obviously, you know, harmful. Like, she's hurting people. But she has a fucking point. Mr. Freeze has a fucking point. Like, this massive yeah. company just and they do that actually in hitman too like um diana your kind of point of contact your agent who like you know gives feed you intel and stuff like that her backstory is something similar this like massive company hurts you know kills someone doesn't take responsibility and then no one can touch them because they're this massive company and they are part of the corrupt system they're paying off politicians and stuff and that's part of what batman does is he fights against that using his money and using tools that you know he can't going through mainstream channels poison ivy's doing the same thing and i love that they have villains like that like mr freeze and poison ivy um who it's like ideologically they're so close to what batman's trying to do it's just that their guidelines that they are putting forth to like restrict themselves are different you know and you might argue well and uh, sorry i'm getting so so off onto a tangent but like I think that that episode brought up so many memories for me about like why I love certain Batman villains because you might say, well, you know, Poison Ivy's willing to hurt people and like kill people. There have been iterations of Batman who hurts people, who kills people. In the Arkham games that we're going to talk about, Batman is like snapping limbs, <laughs> tossing people off buildings, right. running his car through people, like. Right. Batman hurts people too. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just who they're willing to hurt. So, right. sorry, but what? So that's your favorite as well? Yeah. Well, and it's to your point. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Like they went in and took a character that existed, but like it's my favorite kind of thing where they like completely sort of reshaped him into this very deep, super sympathetic, you know, character. And like the fact that like a yeah, you know, like a children's show where there's so often like a, a clear binary between like good and bad and right and wrong. Like they, they really complicate that. And he's the confluence of two of my favorite creators. Because like you mentioned that that showed us so many, you know, it, it's added so much to like sort of the rogues gallery in the Batman universe. And I attribute so much of that to Paul Dini. You know, oh, who yeah. later, by the way, you know, when he's writing Arkham Asylum is going to, you know, contribute even more. But like. He, um, yeah, he, he did that with Mr. Freeze. He created Harley Quinn, which is just mm -hmm. like, you know, oh man, like what a contribution, you know, something like that is. And, um, yeah, he did such amazing work, but, um, Mike Mignola, who, um, is one of my favorite artists, um, and he's famous for creating Hellboy. He actually designed Mr. Freeze as well. Like the dome with like the big 
oh, red, wow. like red glowy eyes. So yeah, I, I love I love that character for that reason too. Just like his look, like I just think is so cool. Yeah, some of my favorite Batman moments in history, no matter the medium, are those moments where he has like a conversation with a villain and you can tell that they're they're on sort of the same page that batman is sympathetic to them and that they're sympathetic to batman they're like i know you have to try to stop me and he's like i understand that you need to do and then we have a little bit of this in the games later on with mr freeze um but i love those moments because it makes it so much more complicated than just bad guy punch good guy you know what i mean like it's it's i love those moments so um like you said i think a lot of them came from the animated series what so since we're talking about villains do you have i know these are these are loaded questions and i feel like the older i get they're harder to answer but who's your favorite villain or maybe like two top top three favorite villains oh that's such a tough question um mr freeze particularly that mr freeze is in my top three um trying to think of who else i would put I feel like, okay, it's like a cop-out answer because, like, so many people would answer it this way and, like, you know, there are more creative choices. But just, uh, the Joker has to be in there. I mean, there are so many iconic Batman Joker stories, you know, Killing Joke, um, you know, obviously, like, things like The Dark Knight, you know, like, a, a bunch of, like, um, examples. Even Long Halloween, he plays a major role. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like... They would definitely be be in there. And then um, for my final pick, I'm going to go with somebody. And that somebody is, <laughs> you know, uh, you know what? Um, I, I'm going to go Scarecrow. Love, love his look. I think his power is cool. Um, I love... Um, Tim Sale, who is one of my favorite Batman artists, he does a version where he's like really, really sort of narrow and like he he looks like he's like made of straw and he's like a real scarecrow. And I I love that that image. So like those are my three. But honestly, when it comes to Batman, like you could literally just like put like their names in a hat and like pull them out. And I could probably find a justification for, you know, any one of them to be there. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I feel a little lame because two of ours are the same. Scarecrow, for the longest time, was my favorite villain. I don't, like, lately... I mean, he's great in the Arkham game, so, again, we'll talk about that. But um, I do feel like he slipped a little because there haven't been quite as many, like, interesting interpretations of him. But I just love... and, And part of what makes, for me, a good Batman villain is what the villain says about Batman or, like, what they make Batman do and the joker for a long time it was just he made batman do silly stuff and you know funny like i'll put him in funny situations but starting with i think the 90s and you know tim burton's batman and the batman mark hamill's batman in the animated series and and then of course heath ledger the joker becomes far more about batman than about the joker like the joker is like if if done right the perfect foil and makes batman question why he's doing what he's doing, what the value of it is, how much responsibility he bears for the crime and things that are happening in the city. So the Joker, like you said, is on there. The Scarecrow is on there. And then third is also such a hard one. Um, For the longest time, it was the ventriloquist. 
I love that character. Yeah. Underutilized, vaguely problematic, like a lot of Batman villains, because right. so many of them are centered around um, mental health illness and, right. or mental illness and things like that. But he was such a sympathetic character. I always felt so bad for him because it genuinely seemed like because of his illness, um, he didn't want to be doing what he was doing. You know, he didn't want to be a villain, but this this mental illness was driving him to do it. And so I weirdly loved any time Batman would fight him because I'm like, this poor son of a bitch. You know what I mean? It wasn't like Killer Croc where I'm like, get him, you know, fuck that guy. <laughs> Um, which maybe I should also be more sympathetic to him, like to to a lot of Batman villains, of course. But but I would love when he was used in the comics or um, the animated series, which he was he was very rarely used in the animated series. But I loved him. The Mad Hatter is mm. a silly character and like, again, underused, underutilized, not a ton of like super compelling storylines with him. But I like his gimmick. I like some of the mind control stuff. Um, that they've done. Of course, I love Poison Ivy and Catwoman, yeah, Cat, yeah. and Harley Quinn. Like I love the Gotham City Sirens. Yes, um, what they've been doing, like in the last couple, you know, years with that, especially, it's just been amazing. Yeah, with the Joker stuff, like you know, pay- having Harley Quinn, having them basically comment on the fact that Harley Quinn's in an abusive relationship with the Joker, and having Poison Ivy and Catwoman be this like supportive girl group. Like, I love that. So. There, I, like you said, I guess if I had to pick three, it would probably be Joker, Catwoman, and and um, Scarecrow. But there's just there's so many. What <laughs> three, about Killer Moth three times? Killer <laughs> the, only, <laughs> the only one I need. <laughs> Which I just saw a clip on TikTok, and they said it was posted by the official Twitter account for Batgirl, the up- upcoming Batgirl movie. Which I can't find, so I think this person was just kind of talking out of their ass. But it's a behind the scenes clip of Brendan Fraser as. Um, I think it's Killer Moth. Oh shit! Or Firefly. I think it's Firefly. Oh. Um, And yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, there's a building like blowing up, and like Brendan Fraser's walking out. But I love Batgirl. Like, I'm so excited. That movie could be terrible. Who knows? But it's got a great cast. Michael Keaton's in it, and um, J.K. uh, Simmons is playing Commissioner Gordon again. Mm -hmm. So, so I'm kind of excited for that. But what about? I know this is the question that I feel like most people, it's like one of the most common Batman questions that people ask Batman fans. Who was your favorite Batman across any any medium, TV shows, animated series, movies? Who's your, who's your if you had to have one Batman that was like definitively your Batman, who who is it? Ooh, okay. This is, this is really difficult. Um... There are a lot of strong feelings. People are going to judge the hell. Yeah. Okay. So, answer you have. so this is just <laughs> like you know how sometimes you know it's it's hot outside and other times it's snowy or rainy. This is just my you know today's <laughs> forecast for my favorite Batman. Um, I, and I'm gonna go with it just the tenor of this conversation is as sort of brought here so far. But Kevin Conroy, Adam West. Or not Am West. Um, Kevin Conroy oh. animated series Batman is my my favorite Batman. He also reoccurs in Batman Beyond and uh, like uh, the Justice League the show, games. which is great. The Arkham games. So I feel like that Batman gets me a very long way and spills over into a lot of things I like. And yeah, I've I've, I've always liked that per- that performance. I just think it's great. So that that's mine. But oh, it's so it's so hard. What about you? 
That is an excellent pick. I know there are a lot of people that'll be happy with that because I hear that's sort of like the popular, not, 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 not the popular answer by for sure. But like when people talk about their favorite Batmans, a lot of times people just pull from the films. And so there are, there is a group of Batman fans who are like, the correct answer is not the films. It's like you said, it's Kevin Conroy. So iconic. I love, you know, that deep gravelly voice that he does as Batman. Um, and he sounds completely different for me. That's the important part of my favorite Batman is the difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman. And that's why, like as much as I love Michael Keaton's Batman, I don't love Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne cause it's too similar to Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite is Christian Bale just because mm. the difference between his Bruce Wayne and his Batman is like so stark. You would never expect like I know a lot of people joke about like Clark Kent and Superman and like you just put some glasses on. How could you not tell? But like Batman, even though he has mostly a full face mask, some people I think might still be able to if you're thinking about this, like the reality of someone jumping from rooftops and racing around the streets in a Batmobile people would start to really try to put the clues together and say, who could do this? Who's the most obvious choice? And if it's like this billionaire philanthropist who's kindly, you know, like Kevin Conroy's Batman is like a good guy and sure he's a playboy, but like he wants to do well for the city. I'd be a little suspicious. I'd be like, Hmm, this guy seems like a stand up guy. He, I could see him masquerading and they do some great stuff in the show. Like they have one episode where, um, I think uh, Robin plays Batman and like shows up to this because like someone figured I think it might have been the Mad Hatter like figures out ah, you're I know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And so they have uh, Dick Grayson, I think, show up as Batman and being like, what are you talking about? And like Bruce Wayne's there. So they do some fun stuff to like comment on that. But Christian Bale's Batman is such a shit or sorry, his Bruce Wayne is such a shit. Like he's so obnoxious and like annoying and like the worst kind of like rich boy yeah you would not he's so selfish you would not think for a second that this guy's capable of doing this selfless stuff for the city and i think that's such an important part of like the batman mythos and that trilogy in particular that i just love his interpretation of bruce wayne um and i also think he plays a great batman so that's yeah that's my pick well and those those movies i think we and we don't have to go further because this should be its own you know episode or something just talking about the the nolan trilogy but they center him in a way that you know as much as i love the tim burton ones it's all for tim burton it's like batman's there but it's all about the villains it's all about the joker penguin and catwoman and what you get out of that are two really awesome interesting movies but like yeah i just feel like like especially batman begins that movie does so much just to center like we're on this journey with this guy and we're we're giving him like so much you know characterization that i think is missing uh, from 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 a lot of batman stories where batman is kind of like the known quantity and we're not really going to you know we'll maybe show you know his mom's pearls getting ripped off and you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going down in time yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> there should be there probably is a great montage on youtube of every single iteration of that but like beyond that you know we know that we're just going to show you that that tells you everything you need to know about batman moving on it feels like man that first movie they they really went in and and did all that and christian bale then has so much great stuff to do and he totally delivers and and you i i I, speaking i guess for myself and, and probably you as well like i 
felt so connected to him on like a very human level in the way that like, you know, not that I wasn't connected to Batman, but I never felt that exact way about him before. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty close with the animated series. Right. You know, like you said, because um, we do get a lot of really good stuff in there about, you know, how hard it is to kind of balance the two and how he's trying to do the right thing in both roles. But, you know, there's always someone fighting against him, whether it's like another mega corporation or a villain super villain so um so with that like you said we could absolutely make this a four-hour podcast just about batman movies you know or the the nolan trilogy but we're, we're here to talk about batman and video games so um we I, I wrote up a timeline and i'm gonna share part of me wants to just share the entire timeline in the show notes i don't think it could fit it's a it's a really long document but i will share some links because what i did was i went back and pulled interesting tidbits about some of the early batman games but i also pulled links from the internet archive so if you're not familiar the internet archive is an online library this like open available to the public repository for digital artifacts i just introduced this to my class actually and their goal their mission is to preserve digital artifacts that might have been or might be lost to time and that includes old software because old video games like you know people in the 70s and 80s that were buying these things for pc or downloading them or finding them on share sites uh were probably not thinking like they won't be around no one's going to save them but as technology advanced people are throwing away floppy disks my new computer doesn't have a floppy drive what am i going to use this for i'm never going to play this whole game so old video games old films old tv shows old radio shows are have been just lost to time because of the advents of advent of technology limitations of storage so one of the goals of the Internet Library, uh, sorry, the Internet Archive is to save that kind of stuff. And so there are versions of these, there are early versions and prototypes and full versions of these games up there emulated that you can play through your browser. Granted, some of them are difficult to play through your browser, but they're there. And so if you want to check them out, I will post links to some of these uh, in the show notes. Um, I checked some of them out Um and we can talk about them. We haven't played, like I said, this is not going to be some exhaustive thing. We're not Batman video game scholars by any stretch. Uh, we'll talk more about the games that we did play and love. But I do want to, like I said, kind of go through the timeline, touch on some of them. And I want to start by saying I was surprised by how late the first Batman game is. Most of this is coming from Wikipedia. Again, this is not some deep, deep dive. But Wikipedia has just aptly titled batman uh which was a european release by ocean software in 1986 as the first video game with batman or batman video game and i was like wow i was convinced there would have been like early arcade games early home console games from like the late 70s so i was kind of shocked but uh, the description from wikipedia is batman is a 1986 3d isometric action adventure game by ocean software we'll see that name come up a bunch and the first batman game developed the object of the game is to rescue robin that was kind of a funny twist <laughs> by collecting the seven parts of the batcraft hovercraft that are <laughs> scattered around the Batcave. rated very highly by critics at the time used an early version of a save system thoughts on this one again european only i not neither of us played it i'm assuming i watched footage of this actually on youtube it looks really fun and like i I like for the time like the art style of it i will say like it's it's and this is maybe i think a, a, a uh 
something that could be said about a lot of early Batman games is that, like, it feels like if Batman, like, the property of Batman was completely removed from it, it would more or less be exactly the same game. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that was my experience. I played the emulator, the emulated version of it um, for this episode, and it was surprisingly accessible, you know, because it was a PC game. So, it, you know, it came out on, uh, I don't think I mentioned, it came out on the um, Amstrad CPC, uh, which personal computer, PCW, MSX, so a bunch of like personal computers. So it was playable, but, and it was, the the graphics and sound were actually pretty impressive for 1986. But like you said, it's, it's a collectathon. It's like a, a puzzle, like not, not a puzzle, but like this, you know, just explore collectathon. It's like you could literally make that a McDonald's game or like <laughs> any other, you know, just slap something on it. And so, and that's, I think, broadly speaking, a little bit of a spoiler. I think we're going to sort of see that it takes a long time for developers to get at like what would make an, an actual interesting Batman game that feels like a Batman game and is not just taking the brand and slapping it on an existing type of game an existing genre or something like that um but yeah the second game which is a follow-up also by uh ocean wait hold on a second did i look at that wrong? no yeah it's also also by ocean it's co-developed with special effects software for the amiga apple II, ms dos etc uh batman the, the caped crusader and for both of these, I included the artwork because I thought the cover art for both of them were was pretty, pretty cool. Um, maybe I'll include that in the show notes as well. Uh, but from the wiki, this is all. This is from 1988. Um, from the wiki, an arcade adventure which uses a unique style innovated by Jonathan Smith and Charles Davies, which immediately had a, a, a flashback to the Dark Knight, the cop that showed Davis. Oh, yeah. He like runs back and. Forth. Anyways, to display the action as though it takes place in a comic book. This technique involved having each game location set in its own panel, often with a comic book style caption in the upper left corner with inactive panels fading out behind the current active location. This concept was expanded upon by Sega's Comic Zone seven years later, which I thought was super interesting because I remember that being like, wow, look at this. This game looks like a comic book. And I again, I played a little bit of this version and it's very similar to what we're talking about. Like you just... You're, it's it's just like a you're going and collecting things like the first thing is like insert the disc into a computer so then you got to go find the disc and you go through all these like you know maze like rooms um and the comic book style is really cool but it still doesn't quite get at the essence of this did you get a chance to look at this one i think i saw clips of it yeah and it had like a if this is the one i'm thinking of it had like a weird like pac-man level puzzly sort of structure to it yeah and yeah exactly yeah it was like it looked cool in that regard but yeah again like like, like gameplay mechanics wise it's like like maybe there is a batman story where like he has like a shopping list and he needs to go out and you know pick up a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> get some milk some, some yeah bananas <laughs> bat nanas um, they're in the shapes some, of little bats <laughs> <laughs> some black and yellow ink for the bat computer the bat printer more more eye, more eyeliner um. <laughs> <laughs> well that's not until the upcoming that's one of the reasons we're doing this episode is because the upcoming batman movie with robin robert pattinson who where he has all the eyeliner and all the you know this is the first movie i think that shows that that like yes. reveals the fact that batman is slapping on some makeup before he he throws on the 
the cowl but um and you get sweaty under there as well <laughs> oh yeah i think you know i could think christian Bale to his credit he got a little sweaty like when you would see him after he he looked a little <laughs> he looked That's like he'd been in a hot suit for a while but he didn't hey you didn't have the you know there's no thick eyeliner no like bleeding like mascara you know so yeah <laughs> which yeah i know firsthand because i dressed up as batman for the dark knight rises premiere i i bought a motorcycle batman suit and I bought a, a cowl separately and a cape separately. And I put this costume together and I thought it looked really cool, but it was not super comfortable. It's full leather and Kevlar. It's like a realistic, it's a motorcycle, it's a real motorcycle suit. And so, and the cowl had no ventilation. It was, this was rubber cowl that looked, it was an identical replication or replicant of um, the Dark Knight cowls. So it looked real and everything. It was cool, but I got so sweaty and I had eye makeup on to make it look like you know like batman and when i went to go in they were like sorry you can't have this cowl you can't have a mask on there's you know you got to be present you got to show your face to the cameras and so i was like all right and i took it off and everyone around all these people who i didn't know all these strangers who were like looking at oh cool look batman I, like they saw me pull this off and i'm just this sweaty bald guy with like makeup dripping down my face it was like a, a fucking nightmare but um <laughs> yeah you went from like the coolest you've ever felt to the <laughs> right yeah everyone yeah and i had to go to the bathroom and try to scrub it off and it wasn't coming off but, oh no um, but yeah people were taking pictures for two different like we were like taking pictures oh look at batman and then they were like look at that weird fucking guy like trying to be batman makeup dripping down his face but yeah, so I guess we should probably move on. We have a lot of games to cover. Yeah, more more on Joey's Batman related trauma in a subsequent episode. Yeah, Batman Joey returns. Um, so in 1989, also Ocean Software, Ocean Software again, all over the early Batman license. Um, Batman the video game was released in Europe and North America for the Amiga, Atari ST, Commodore 64, a bunch of other platforms, early home computers. Uh, and according to the Wikipedia, it's an action game that consists of fighting, driving, flying, uh, puzzle solving. Um, quote, in the second level, Batman drives his Batmobile across Gotham City, dodging traffic and using a grapple to turn corners at high speed. The reason that I included that is because I have this vivid memory of Batman doing that in the animated series and thinking like, wow, like, I guess you would need that because most versions of the Batmobile have some version of like a jet engine on the back. And if you're rocketing along at like probably like 150 miles an hour or something, how do you make these sharp turns in all these like dense city streets? And so seeing it in the animated series, I was like, huh. But apparently this in 1989, which came out before the animated series. So I almost wondered if like they got that from from that in a way um did you check this one out i don't want to keep checking no. it. I don't, I, i'll just kind of have you if you want to chime in you know i i wrote up notes to these but i don't want to assume that you know i don't want to keep being like just check it out check it out check it out yeah but, um, i don't i don't think so but maybe i i could be wrong i would maybe have to see an image of it yeah i i didn't i didn't look at this one but i did think it was interesting that they're this is the start of them trying to be like well also what if you drove the batmobile what if you flew the batwing that kind of thing i also included i didn't so i have every batman game listed here and we're gonna again skim through most of them um, but i also included a few instances of games that had batman in them and the earliest is from 1989 it's a shinobi game it's the revenge of shinobi mm. uh 
uh, developed and published by Sega for the Sega Genesis. And according to the Wikipedia, I thought this was such a funny situation. So according to the Wikipedia, this 16-bit Sega game features an unauthorized Batman appearance as a boss antagonist. Because of copyright issues regarding certain enemy characters, many of which were based on cultural icons, there were at least four versions of the game in Japan and North America, with the later two also appearing in Europe. So in the initial game, you had uh, an enemy character that resembled Rambo called Rocky. (laughs) Jackie Chan was in it. The Terminator, which was called Hercules in Japan and Master Attacker in the West. Uh, Spider-Man, Batman, Godzilla, who was called Monster G, are all present. Um, Both Spider-Man and Batman are actually fake representations of the characters conducted by a shapeshifter named Metamorpher who alters his appearance after sustaining a certain amount of damage. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, Software Revision 1.01 from 1989. The fake Spider-Man is now redesigned into the actual licensed character from Marvel Comics. Uh, Since he is now the real Spider-Man, he does not morph into Batman. (laughs) I just thought that line was just... Instead, Spider-Man leaves the battle when enough damage is inflicted, and Batman is replaced by a winged devilman-like creature. Monster G remains unmodified. Uh, the gunner enemy characters of flamethrowers are now changed to bald men with headbands, altering their original likeness to Rambo. So obviously a lot of licensing stuff going on here. Um, and then in 1990, software revision 1.02, a new copyright screen is made to acknowledge the license to Spider-Man uh, because Sega had already had the license to the character for their game, The Amazing Spider-Man versus The Kingpin. Uh, and then a later revision... <laughs> from 2009 2012 (laughs) since the licensed use of the boss spider-man was for a limited period of time the game was subsequently prevented from being re-released years later the 2009 release for the virtual console as well as the xbox live arcade and playstation network releases uh feature a new software revision that omits the marvel copyright notice and replaces spider-man with a pink palette swap of the character (laughs) that still behaves like the uh like the licensed spider-man what a fucking mess. <laughs> this is like legal devil snare where they just keep yeah. Yeah, the more they the more they change the the the, the tighter <laughs> litigation right. becomes. Yeah. But I do love the idea that Batman unofficially appears in this game until of course they get into legal trouble. Right. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, that's I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's uh, wild, yeah. <laughs> So, um, in 1989 in Japan and the 1990 Batman, uh, was released for the NES by Sunsoft. So this is where we start getting into crossovers from other mediums or medias or mediums, I guess too. Uh, and in this, this particular case, this is based on loosely the original film, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says from the Wikipedia, it's, um, unusual and side scrolling, uh, side scrolling platformers. Um, games at the time it features a grappling hook batman has the ability to do a wall jump like ryu hayabusa from ninja gaiden uh, he has little uh wristlets that shoot little discs and things the funny one that i wanted to mention was he has a, something called a bat poon it's like a harpoon <laughs> but it's the batman version and i'm like that did not age well no. let me let me get my bat poon 
That sounds weird. This guy's really into bats, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just really, really into bats. Um, just arrest me. I don't want to. <laughs> whatever that's going to be, whatever you're getting out, just. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, just punch me in the face, throw me off a building. I don't, I'm good. Um, did you play any of, the, any of these early licensed games? No. Well, no, but this one from, because I was looking at like lists of like, people's favorite batman games or whatever that one tends to rank pretty high like i guess people really like that and that's like kind of acknowledged as one of the first like really great batman games so i feel like if i do go back i should check this one out for sure this is where my experience starts to actually happen uh in a real way like again these other older ones i sort of checked out for the podcast but when i was a kid because this was around the time that i really started loving batman and i was into video games you know, just like a lot of other kids, I see the Batman film logo on a video game at Blockbuster and I'm grabbing it off the shelf. But kind of like you were talking about with your experience with the early Joel Schumacher films, but actually kind of the opposite. My critical lens was not very, you know, developed. And so in my mind, I had a very specific idea of what I wanted from this game. And it was not, I mean, Part of the problem with a lot of my experience with early Batman games, and I I think this, I speak for a lot of people with early superhero games in general, is you want to feel like a badass. I wanted to feel like Batman. And so when you put me in this situation where I'm more like Mario and I get hit and I take damage and I'm, I'm not as skilled as Batman and so I'm dying quickly by henchmen, by dumb henchmen throwing wads of paper at me or something you know what i mean like they shouldn't be you know hurting me and yet i'm failing over and over again that was not the fantasy that i i wanted to live you know and i had the same experience with other games like the robocop games like i was robocop and i'm like i'm robocop and then regular thugs on the street are shooting me and i'm dying i'm like what that's not that's not how it's supposed to happen so i would be so curious to revisit these and i almost wish we had that we were streamers as well as podcasters because I feel like this is the kind of thing where it's like let's stream these let's play these old games because I do think I probably would have a different appreciation with like you know some maturity and some distance but but yeah a lot of my experience with these early Batman games um, was was very much like that uh, it came out again the, the similar the same game essentially but a different version came out for the Game Boy in 1990 globally uh and then a genesis version as well that version was slightly different so according to the wiki the game also deviates from the film plot because in the film batman attempts to save napier jack napier from falling into the chemicals but fails however in the game the genesis version of the game batman actually knocks napier into the vat (laughs) i thought that was kind of funny right and that's how yeah you that's like an objective in the first mission (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah fucking get out of here which would completely recolor (laughs) their relationship you know because you're like Um, i I get i'm kind of with the joker on this one what the hell batman (laughs) yeah i understand i was trying to commit a crime but jesus like (laughs) (laughs) talking about corporal punishment god yeah Um, uh, handcuffs would have done me just fine batman (laughs) yeah all right you got me corn me i give up oh what are you uh yeah he's like i have a better idea vat of acid (laughs) my own brand of justice (laughs) don't make me get out the the bat poon (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, like there's a famous panel from a really old Batman comic where Batman snaps a criminal a criminal's neck and it has like a grotesque sound of the criminal's neck or something like that. And it's like, man, Batman really had things like cut to Christopher Nolan's Batman. Like, oh, I guess I should throw this gun away. People shouldn't be shot. But yeah, I thought I thought that was an interesting uh, change. Um, there was a Batman game for the TurboGrafx-16 that was a maze game, which I thought was hilarious because like you're talking about, it's just the, ba- you're just slapping the Batman <laughs> logo on something. It's like, what if it's Pac-Man, but with Batman, like, come on, get out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was an arcade game in the 1990s that I, I guess also was again, very similar to the the film. Um, and then Batman Return of the Joker is my next personal memory, but I was curious if you had come across this game at all. It's a sequel to the original Batman game, but not to the oh, Batman movie. Oh, yeah. So it's I, also by Sunsoft. Um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. I've watched clips of this one. I am actually very familiar with another Batman Return of the Joker game, but not this one. <laughs> so we can talk about that one later. Yeah. Which was not confusing at all, by the way. When I was looking this up and I was trying to, I'm like, Return of the Joker. And I'm like, wait, there's what? There's ter- there's Return of the Joker. There's two different versions. There's Revenge of the Joker. Um, but I included the cover art because my memory with this game, I never played it. But I, in part because I had been burned by the previous Batman game. So when I saw it at, at Blockbuster, I ended up not picking it up. But every time I saw the art, uh, so I, I included the cover art here. And the advertisements of the of the game in magazines that I was reading at the time, like, you know, Nintendo Power and stuff, were basically this art. I was mesmerized. I love this depiction of the Joker. If you're listening, um, just Google cover art for Batman Return of the Joker. And it's just like very comic book inspired version of him, of the Joker, with this huge smile. And he has Batman logos for his eyes, like in his <laughs> eyes, like for his pupils. I just I loved that art and I just like, you know, I guess I probably won't do it now, but this probably would be in my top 10, maybe top 20 art, you know, video game covers of all time. Um, it feels a little bit cheaty because it looks like it's pulling right from the comics. But but yeah, I loved I loved that. Um, according to the wiki, it says the follow up to Sunsoft's first Batman game on the NES. Uh, unlike that game, which was based on the 1989 film directed by Tim Burton. Return of the Joker is entirely self-contained and based more on the modern comic book iteration of Batman. However, Batman rides the Batmobile on Batwing from the 1989 film, confusingly. Uh, A return of the Return of the Joker, or sorry, a a remake of Return of the Joker titled Batman Revenge of the Joker was released (laughs) on the Sega Genesis in 1992. Um, A Super NES version of Revenge of the Joker was completed but never officially released. However, a ROM image surfaced online years later. So that's one of the links I'm going to include is the SNES version. Uh, so if, if you're curious about it, it'll be in the show notes. You can check it out. Um, can I description... pause just to say, yeah, can you imagine sure. all the, those poor grandparents around Christmas who are what return of the return of the Joker? Oh, and then they get they get to the store. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah, what? Yeah, they're like, well, this one says revenge. I think that's what he's asking for. And so they buy it and they're like, I can't play this. I don't have a Sega Genesis. And it's like, but you said revenge of the Joker. Oh, man. Yeah, a lot of crying kids on Christmas yeah. morning in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, late 80s and 90s. Yeah, for sure. But. 
but yeah, I, I thought that again, that was just funny. Uh, according to the Wikipedia, the game is a platforming shooting game with specialized boss fights, uh, fighting at the end of each level, which was like seemingly at this point kind of the norm. Um, is they were it was basically like a a, a Mario type game um, with well, not Mario, more like a like, like a ninja gaiden or something or yeah. like a contra or like metal slug where like you see some of the clips where it just looks like a gun basically with batarangs coming out of it which yeah, for batman is a little you know yeah a little something <laughs> right one of, i can't remember which one i don't remember if i put the note in there but batman shoots pellets at the enemies and they explode i'm like but that doesn't seem very batman like <laughs> but hey i guess if he's throwing the joker into a vat of acid <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know. Um it says gameplay is heavily inspired by Mega Man and Contra games, which is like you said, like not not the games that I would think of, but exactly as you pointed out earlier, I think it's such an important point that like it's it's still them trying to fit the Batman IP into existing structures. There was no good example of like a Batman like character that used melee and gadgets and instead of trying to do that kind of from the ground up with that purpose it was like well what games are already out there and that was part of the problem broadly speaking with with different um like licensed games and that's why licensed games got such a bad reputation for such a long time because developers didn't know how to or didn't i don't want to say didn't know how to i want to give them i don't want to take too much credit but take too much credit from them maybe it was a it was a matter of like financing like it's expensive to build a game from the ground up invent new mechanics to fit the character that you're trying to you know it's so they they were like what do we have existing what's out there already what can we like co-opt for this ip and it ended up a lot of times you know being pale imitators to things with you know branding slapped on onto it so so that was sort of unfortunate um Batman Returns, uh, so again, now we're going to start seeing all of these games where it's just the other versions of Batman in video game form. So uh, Batman Returns, like its predecessor, had a video game version in 1992, 1993 um, by Konami for a, a number of platforms, SNES, Genesis, etc., uh, the Wikipedia calls it a fundamentally a left-right scrolling fighter uh, beat-em-up, a genre that was featured heavily on the console at the time. Gameplay and graphics are very similar to the Final Fight games. Uh, the game takes the player through seven scenes featured in the film. Each scene is a boss fight. Again, that's sort of the standard Batman thing at the time. And then I included, I'm going to include in the show notes two versions, the MS-DOS version uh, and then the SNES version, I think it is. I played this at the time and I remember it being too hard. Like I remember just getting to parts and just not being able to to continue. Um did you play this? Did you play this one? This is the very first Batman game I ever played. Wow. Yes. Um I for I had the Super Nintendo version and it I thought it looked cool as hell. Like it oh, yeah. actually like especially for the time really mirrored the style of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it even featured in a way, like in a forum, that scene where like the, 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 the circus guy grabs Michelle Pfeiffer and Batman like shoots the wall behind it and pulls it down yeah. on him. Like, like it had a ton of cool details like that. Um, 
the combat was fun. Like the different enemy types were great, and like you could do cool things. Like you can grab them and like throw them into the the wall, and it would like break something, and like or you could throw them into one another, and like there were really cool things in it. But yeah, I will say it was it was a really discouraging gaming experience because it was it was really hard. Like I, I I never got past the first couple of levels because it was just I I could never beat it, so I would just like replay it over and over again. But yeah, I have I have a lot of memories of this particular game. Yeah, I remember the same thing, and even now looking back at screenshots of it, I'm like, damn, it looks so good. Like the graphics are amazing for the time. The the production level for this game must have been and Batman Returns famously did have a huge marketing push behind it. So Warner Brothers probably did pay Konami a bunch of money, like hey, or Konami and Malibu Interactive a bunch of money to make this uh game. And like you said, I was so impressed as a kid. That's one of the as a as a kid, I was I was definitely easily fooled by like graphics and and presentation, and so I was definitely hooked. I remember getting to the Catwoman fight. Yes, um, if I remember correctly, there's a there's the part where Catwoman has taken um, the tree lighter girl hostage, and you know there it's a trap to like lure Batman in. And that fight, I, I think that was the fight that I couldn't get past. I would just get to that and just we lived the same but somehow separate lives no that's exactly <laughs> my experience she was too hard and i learned i know from the back of the box they're like batmobile sections of the game i never saw them because they same. were hidden they were hidden behind catwoman yeah and like she would do like little somersaults and she would hit you from like really far away with her whip and i was like Damn yeah it. i yeah like you said i couldn't get close and it was and it was like so so heartbreaking because that she was the love of my life my first big crush my first like big fictional crush was catwoman and that iteration specifically and yet here she is gatekeeping my my existence of my my experience with the rest of the game so she didn't even do the courtesy that she did for michael keaton where like she goes in to make out with you a little bit and then tries to right. kill you, you know? <laughs> at least right exactly at least lick my face come on i'll take that i will i will forego the rest of the game if you just sit on me and lick my face please <laughs> But now, but again, like, I almost wonder now being older and having so much more experience if I could overcome it. So, you know, I have this game. I still have it. I have the physical version of it. Part of me is like, if I can just learn how to replace some some batteries in these games, you know, or just play them straight through, you know, maybe one day I will actually sit down and, and, and play this. Um, so that's that's so interesting to me. I love that that was your first your first experience with the. And so you walked away feeling what, like, disappointed, let down? <sighs> yeah, I don't know, like, let, I, I think just, like, bummed, yeah, like, discouraged, because, like, I really wanted to finish it, but, um, event, but eventually, once I had settled into that, like, I just really liked Batman, and I was, you know, when you, what you said earlier really resonated with me, which is, like, I wanted a game that really made me feel powerful, you know, mm -hmm. and made me feel, like... Like like Batman, I know that that that's sometimes like a review cliche. Cliche. This game makes you feel like Batman, but I wanted that. I did want that. Yeah. And that I think that game format and that kind of like arcade mentality and designing, you know, games, which like even you know at this point for home consoles was a common you know thing of like let's make games that are 
a certain length, not because they have like a ton of content in them, but because the content's really hard. So it just takes people like weeks or months or years, you know, to get through because it's so difficult. Like, I think that kind of approach to game design, at least for me, it's like it was cool looking and it was fun, but it's not like the ideal, I think, approach for Batman, if that makes sense. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think the publishers of these games knew that that's what people wanted because that's a lot of the advertisement was like, step in the shoes of the Dark Knight, step in, you know what I mean? Like, put on the cape and cowl. Like, they knew that that's what people wanted was this fantasy of like being Batman because a lot of us, I would say, I would argue probably none of us can be Batman, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, no, no one can be Batman. As much as we would try, us. yeah, as much as we would try. I remember um, around this time, probably I was like seven years old or something, I would get like a sheet, of course. Again, I know a lot of people have this experience and I'd use it as like a cape and I would like wear some version of a mask. I don't even remember what it was, probably like a really cheap like Batman mask. And I'd put on like snow boots because I didn't have like my mom wouldn't buy me a Batman costume. And I would go up on our porch, our back porch, and like try to jump off and catch the wind with my cape like Batman. And I would land and my feet would just pain through every part of my body (laughs) because my body was not built for jumping off, you know, six foot height. And so then I was like, well, that's probably a dream. (laughs) Um, And so video games were the next best thing. Like I I couldn't actually even really role play Batman the way that I wanted to. Um, I'm not out there actually punching my friend or anything like that. But video games were the next best thing. And for our best video game, you know, scenario to be something like Batman Returns. Yeah, it was like, well, this is fun, I guess. But it's not what we really wanted which i think we'll get to you know yeah of course. oh yeah oh yeah definitely. um but for now we're stuck with batman the animated series on game boy and our action figures <laughs> and our action figures yeah uh did you did you play that one did you have a game boy i don't remember um no i my parents wouldn't get me a game boy so i had to wait for <laughs> i had to wait until years until like the game boy advance before eventually it was it was okay but did you did you play this one I did not play that. I didn't have, I had a Game Boy. I did not have very many games for it. Um, And I think by that point, I was already starting to feel suspicious of Batman licensed games. A year after that, 1984, The Adventures of Batman and Robin came out. And that was another thing. I didn't make that transition from Batman in the animated series to The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Batman, the animated series was so successful that it, it spawned The Adventures of Batman and Robin eventually batman forever the justice league superman had his own show like it was very successful and i didn't follow along with most of them um but with batman the adventures of batman and robin for it was developed by sega and clockwork tortoise which i thought was a pretty cool developer name um and konami for the genesis the game gear sega cd and snes um they talk about in the wiki this it says the sega cd version consists of batmobile chase screens so again at this point we're starting to see this awareness of like one way we can change up gameplay and we don't always have to be a side scroller punching shooting kind of thing is have batmobile sections uh it says the cd sega cd version consists of batmobile chase screens between levels the story advances through animated scenes that were created specifically for the game which i thought was rad yeah uh, the cutscenes were produced by warner brothers animation and animated by the tms by tms entertainment which the latter also animated some of the episodes of the original cartoon i did not have a sega cd 
if I did, I probably would have bought this just for that reason. Like, I love yeah. the animated series so much that, like, the idea of, like, vi- uh, video game versions of it by the people who made it sounds cool, but I, I never got the chance to, to check it out. Is this, yeah, is this the one, too, that, that people refer to as, like, it's, like, the lost episode of the animated series because it's had, oh, like... Oh, do they? Yeah. Full, wow. like, essentially, like, an episode's equivalent of, like, animated scenes and stuff. That's rad. No, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know that. Um, this is another one that I would love to go back and, and check out. It sounds pretty cool. The Super Nintendo version, which is the one that I think I did rent and play and play for probably like 20 minutes, is a one-player action-adventure game only with only Batman available. Uh, most of the levels involve typical platforming schemes, <laughs> although some levels require some searching and investigation. <laughs> Again. Here we go. <laughs> not, not super, yeah, not super exciting. Um, 1994 saw the Batman Forever game for SNES, Genesis, Game Gear, Game Gear, Game Boy, etc. Uh, and then uh, 1995, The Adventures of Batman and Robin Cartoon Maker. Again, you know, we so we're starting to see like edutainment type stuff and we'll see more of that. Um, but the next game that I had experience with was also from 1995, which was Justice League Task Force, which is a fighting game. And one of the things I thought was interesting is it's made by blizzard entertainment so we talk a lot about activision blizzard blizzard was one of the co-developers for the snes version um and it's a fighting game i i put some wikipedia notes up here but i can just speak to it it's a fighting game um with the justice league so it has batman superman green arrow the flash wonder woman aquaman uh and then you can also i think unlock martian manhunter and it says fire i don't remember who fire is um, and the super villain, villain Shrapnel, who again, I don't oh. know who is. But the plot is that Darkseid comes to Earth to attack Earth. And I, I at that point in time, I love Darkseid. He's one of my favorite yeah. DC villains. Um, and he's the final final boss. So getting to like pick a Justice League hero and go through like a Mortal Kombat-like game was super exciting. The game kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, no surprise. Got very bad reviews. And part of it is... And we'll talk about Injustice later and how Injustice kind of does some of this right. But it just felt silly to be, I'm going to pick Superman and then the Flash is going to kick my ass or like, you know, Green Arrow is going to kick my ass. I was like, what? It just, (laughs) and of course the plot reveals that all the superheroes that you're fighting are androids pretending to be these superheroes. Uh, It just was such a lame, you know, concept and it just didn't really feel like I was batman or wonder woman or superman so it was a very cool concept i loved the art i thought it was you know a cool idea but yeah it just ultimately it was kind of kind of disappointing it reminds me of that um that uh comic book story for superman where he fights muhammad ali in a boxing match oh my god yeah and they like take away his powers and then like muhammad ali like fucks him up <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then that yeah. makes me think we could have gotten a whole series of like blizzard games where like it's like it's like a like a like a fifa soccer game with like batman in it and little soccer shorts and like bat <laughs> bat shaped cleats <laughs> it would be funny if they actually let you have your powers though and and superman just like <laughs> demolished the ball and like you know whoever's standing at goalie is just like you know what you got that's one point for you guys <laughs> i'm not even gonna try 
which that's another whole episode. We could do the whole like Batman versus Superman debate because that's something that people love to talk about. Um, yeah. But we won't. We'll, well, we'll talk a little bit about when we get to Injustice, I think. But um, we have a couple more. Uh, we, have, well, we have one more uh, edutainment game from 1996, The Adventures of Batman and Robin Activity Center. Uh, and then Batman Forever, the arcade game, which is different than Batman Forever, the game. But it was also, it was for arcades, but it also did come out on the original PlayStation, Sega Saturn, and PC. Um, And in this one, Wikipedia tells us it's the taking on the role of either Batman or Robin. Players can kick, punch, and use special combinations, uh, combination attacks to defeat waves of enemies. And this one, this is why I included it. The special combinations applied to enemies can add up to a possible 150 plus hits on a single Uh, villain. And I'm like, this reminds me so much of about around that time combos were big in like some of the capcom fighting games but really uh killer instinct for the arcades and then for eventually um the n64 and then the xbox those were huge and you could do these outrageous combos and i'm like i can't it seems so silly to me to have batman like Oh, this this thug stole you know fifty dollars from a Seven Eleven. Like, just okay, man. I think he's. A, I think you could have just one hit would have done it. I think he died like twenty minutes ago. You can probably stop punching him. Right, you're just juggling a corpse. Like, you know what's down, you know what's man. funny though, and I, we're getting ahead of ourselves. This is a little bit of the the kind of thinking behind like the the free flow combat system in arkham though like building that like combo multiplier now yeah i think where they made the correct decision is like maybe you don't hit a single enemy like a hundred times you know like maybe yeah you're fighting a lot of hits yeah exactly um but it, it is interesting i will say about this game too having watched some footage of it it is technically you know really really impressive like not unlike batman returns like the animations and like the frame rate of it it's so smooth and like fluid and like maybe they felt you know that need to be that way based on again like a lot of the 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 2d fighters of the time you know kind of having that same look but it it was i guess like at least visually and a step in the (laughs) a new like good direction for batman games <laughs> yeah for sure and the next one batman and robin which came out in 1998 is a further step in that direction but before we get there we're going to take a quick break and we're back all right so we're we are back indeed and um we left off talking about getting ready to talk about batman and robin 1998 for the playstation and game.com which i vaguely remember but i'm like <laughs> it's just okay <laughs> um, but the wikipedia talks about how it's uh uses elements of a sandbox style game so when i was reading this i was almost like wow how did i miss this because it says the game uses elements of a sandbox style game such as real-time events traffic simulation and civilian population the player can choose one of uh, the film's three heroes batman robin or batgirl each character uses a unique vehicle. Batman drives a Batmobile, Robin the Redbird motorcycle, and Batgirl uses the, Bat- the Batblade. In the game, the, the player travels around Gotham City and completes various individual missions, such as preventing Mr. Freeze from robbing a bank. Most of the events are not triggered. Instead, each event occurs at a certain time. For example, Mr. Freeze's bank robbery occurs at 7 p.m. The player must find clues and discover the plot with the help of the Bat computer. If the player cannot find enough clues, the event occurs failing the mission this sounds kind of amazing to me Mm -hmm. like 
You can pick whichever villain. It's an open world sandbox game, real-time events, traffic simulation. This is before Grand Theft Auto 3. So like, man, I'm like, oh, and then I looked it up and it got terrible reviews, yeah. like just like the movie. So <laughs> I think it's still one of those things where I do want to buy it and just experience it. But then I think about, you know, Superman 64 on paper, and that sounds like a good, great game. And so, but but even still, like an early version of an yeah. open world sandbox game, I'm super curious about this one. It, now. It's kind of amazing, actually, in that regard. Well, and especially to see it now and go like, wow, like so many games, you know, in, within you can think about it, like just within like the realm of Batman, but also, yeah, beyond like how many games use those same kinds of, you know, systems or features. Um, and this game, yeah, as you say, like, you know, we're, we're not even in the 2000s yet. It's on, like, the you know, PlayStation 1. And it looks, yeah, it looks kind of incredible in that regard, too. Um, and But I think, like, as much as, like, there were elements of it that were so progressive and, like, pushing the boundaries of, like, like 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 what a like an open world game could be what like a Batman game could be certainly like there are so many aspects of the it's like those things were so revolutionary but they were done so poorly <laughs> and like I remember one thing about it it had like tank controls so like imagine a three D combat game but like to to even attack somebody you had to go yeah. you know and like in a three D space and like. There were just little things like that that just, like, I think pervaded the entire game and just, like, yeah, really, <laughs> I don't know, I think it dragged it down. I'm not surprised. And that doesn't help, too. That's also attached to, like, one of the worst, like, the, the most poorly received, you know, movies in history. And definitely Batman movie, you know. Batman oh, for movie. sure. Yeah. Unlike Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond has a great reputation. I've had so many people tell me, if you love the animated series, you have to check out Batman Beyond. I still haven't done that yet, but I will. Um, but Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, which again, not confusing at all when I'm looking for Batman Return <laughs> of the Joker, came out in 2000. Uh, I, one of the things I was interested in, in was it was co-developed by Ubisoft. So mm -hmm. we get some, we have a whole stretch of the upcoming games that we're going to be talking about that are developed in part or in whole by Ubisoft. So um, Return of the Joker was for the Game Boy uh, Color, the N64, and the PlayStation. And I won't talk too much about it, but it got terrible reviews. Yes. Um, just absolutely atrocious reviews. Did you play that? This is my second Batman game oh. of all time. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I was like, oh, Returns wasn't wasn't my favorite game, but maybe this one I love. I love Batman Beyond. This one will be good. No. <laughs> was, oh no. <laughs> it was like and I wanted to love this game so badly. Cause I, I'd watched like the movie, the stand, like the the sort of standalone movie that, that it was more or less taking its story structure from. Like really, really liked it. Um and then I like this game kind of featured like it, it hit on the same thing, so I'm like, oh well I like the movie and like this is kinda like that. And like also it uh had a cool thing that I really liked, which is like it you had multiple bat suits and each one would come with like a different, you know, set of combos or whatever and different kinds of abilities. And you got to choose which one to wear at the start of each mission. So like there was stuff wow. like that was cool. Yeah. But then like it was so the combat and like the movement was so clunky 
And like even it, you know, I talked about like like watching the Joel Schumacher movies and not having like a real clear, critical lens. But like yeah, at the time, I was like, I don't think I'm like qualified to say this, but this is kind of like terrible, you know. And, and that's coming from like when I would get a game, you know, growing up, it was a real like treat, and I had to like really weigh like when I would ask my parents for something, like, do I really want this? Because like. You know, this is going to be few and far in between. So, like, because of that, I made such an effort to love that game. But it was, <laughs> it was not it was not meant to be. <laughs> and it's one of those things I, I remember my parents, if they bought me something like a toy that I ended up not playing with, they would sort of weaponize that against me and later be like, well, we bought you this. And you did. So I would, like, force myself to play it or 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 lie and be like, no, I played that. I, played, <laughs> I, I totally beat that game. Um, but they didn't realize that like that we had to really dislike a game to like not finish it or to not play a bunch of it. So did you, 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 did you end up beating this game? Did you? That's how much I like tried to force it down. I'm like, well, eventually it'll get good. (laughs) (laughs) It did when it ended. (laughs) Exactly. It was one of those that, like, I never replayed it. I I did manage to get to the end, and then it just... I I still have it. I have my N64 here, like, with that game. So, yeah, it's still there. Next time we're together, you can can hop in for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. So, like I said before, I love the idea of just getting together and having, like, a game night of, like, old classic games. I think that would be so fun. So, as I mentioned, Ubisoft went on to to do several more so man thanks ubisoft you got (laughs) you got good eventually but early on apparently uh some real stinkers um but they went on to to make even more batman games so they made batman chaos and chaos and gotham uh, in 2001 for the game boy color uh that same year batman gotham city racer which i thought was interesting but again lots of kart racers at that time that was not long after mario kart 64 came out uh and this was for the playstation and then Ubisoft Montreal specifically uh, from, you know, branched off in, in internally at, at Ubisoft and made Batman Vengeance in 2001 for the GameCube, PS2, Xbox, Windows, and GBA. And this is the one that I played. This was like, this is the one that, that gave me hope. I read reviews <laughs> for those other games and I was like, see, I knew that they were terrible. But this one seemed so exciting because, as the wiki pointed out, the game is based on the television series, which again, I love. Um, the new Batman adventures and features most actors from the show reprising their roles. The story centers on Batman's investigation of the Joker's apparent death after the latest encounter. What a cool fucking storyline. Um, while having to deal with other villains and their schemes, all part of a larger plot orchestrated by the clown prince of crime, Batman vengeance received mixed to positive reviews. So it was getting a lot of positive buzz. And I remember I did actually, this was around the time where I like, had my first job. And so I was like buying video games for myself, but I still had to be careful. I didn't make a lot of money, made minimum wage, worked part time, that kind of thing. But I did end up buying this. And I actually I had my friend Gary on um, talking about multiplayer games. But this game, too, I think he he's also a huge Batman fan. He played this one and I think we both liked it. We didn't love it. I don't know that I finished it, but it was pretty decent. I remember this one being this one being pretty good. Did you play this one? No, but I feel like I might have to. Might have to go back and and, and try it because it sounds it sounds good. Yeah, and and like I said, having you know the original voice actors was really cool. Um, the next game, however, I also bought Batman Dark Tomorrow. Came out in two thousand three. 
uh, developed by Chemco for the GameCube and Xbox. And I was excited by this one. I don't think I included, yeah, I didn't include the cover art for this one, but um, it sounded so cool. So according to the wiki, it's an action-adventure game developed and published by Chemco based on the DC comic, uh, Comics character, of, uh, of course. Um, many presidents, uh, precedents of the comics are cited, especially as it pertains to Ra's al Ghul and Batman's undefined relationship with uh, al Ghul's daughter, Talia al Ghul. I loved their relationship. Mm-hmm. They, they, that was, they featured that in the animated series at some point. Um, she was one of the cool love interests that I think Batman has. Not my favorite, not get out of here, not overtaking Catwoman, but like they had an interesting relationship, uh, that, that ended up resulting in a new Robin, but yeah, yeah, Grant Morrison. Um, I love Damien. I think he's a, he's a really cool, like just a little angry, you know, Mm -hmm. Robin just kicking ass was just so cool. And he's one of those characters that I love because he's annoying. And most of the time I don't love him. I hate him. But when he has those moments and like he either softens or we see real connection with him and Batman. Oh, man, my heart. Like it just fucking melts. So, yeah, I love him. But it says initially announced in 2001 as a GameCube exclusive, Batman Dark Tomorrow was envisioned as being an open ended, faithful and realistic approach to the Batman franchise in a similar vein to the Batman Arkham series years later. So when I saw the previews for this in magazines, gaming magazines at the time, there were pictures of like Batman, like creeping past windows and like the way that the like moonlight would come in and the way that Batman was like using shadows and the game was really dark and it looked true, like to the comics and everything. I was so excited again, especially coming off of Batman vengeance, which wasn't like the best game ever, but like, for my experience with Batman games, it was good. It was solid. It was like, you know, pleasantly surprising. Batman Dark Tomorrow was so fucking bad. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> As it says in the wiki, upon release, the game received overwhelmingly negative reviews from critics being criticized for its poor controls, camera and technical issues. And is often considered one of the worst video games ever made <laughs> my memory i still have this game because I, like i said i fucking bought it like an idiot not not like an idiot i i had hopes for it um but i bought it and you start out if i remember correctly it's been like 20 years so maybe i have this wrong but like you start out like on the rooftops and number one i was super impressed by batman's cape because like the way that he moved and the cape physics they probably spent a ton of time getting the cape physics right and it looked super impressive and I was like, ooh, this is going to be fun. And so I start walking over to the edge of the thing. And I'm like, how do I jump? I can't figure out. Like, I think I'm supposed to. I fell off the fucking building. I just died. Like, fell like a rock. <laughs> oh I just God. sank. I just died. And so I'm like, oh, man, stupid me. I must have something wrong. Tried to go in there. I think this is the jump button. Jump. Oh, miss the edge. Fall off the edge. Die. Oh. And it was like a series of like things like that where it's like, again, going all the way back to the SNES and NES Batman games. I'm this is supposed to be like a fantasy fulfillment thing and I can't fucking jump four feet from one building to another. I could do that. And I'm not even Batman. You know what I mean? Right, I'm fucking right. Like stumbling <laughs> and the controls were so bad. And like the camera angles were really bad because they were like fixed cameras. And so like I couldn't oh. see where I was supposed to jump. Oh, so disappointing. Painful. What, yeah. a, what a bummer. Yeah. Some of the reviews, EGM gave it a 1.5 out of 10. GameSpot gave it a 2.8 out of 10. IGN gave it a 2.2 and a 3.5. Nintendo Power, famous for being 
fairly glowing with their praise and like being very <laughs> lenient and kind of soft gave it a 1.9 out of 5. Wow. And Game Informer gave it a 0.75 out of 10. So that's wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. intense. Um, a couple of edutainment games, Batman Justice Unbalanced and Toxic Chill. What a cool name, though. Toxic Chill. A little cheesy. Very cool. But I like cool. it, though. Yeah. Like, if that um, was a gamer tag in Halo, I'd be like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Toxic Chill. He's t- teabagging me, but that's cool. He's got an okay name. Um, but they were made by TLC, the learning company, which I thought was interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And then um, Batman Rise of uh, Zin, uh, Sin Zhu which was a character made specifically for this game. Um, again, developed by Ubisoft Montreal. It was a sequel to Batman Vengeance. I thought the cover art was pretty cool, so I included this, uh, included the cover art in our notes as well. So if you get a chance to look it up, if you're a fan of like that Batman animated series art style, um, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. But it again, so artist Jim Lee, who has been incredibly important in Batman's comic history, especially created a character named Sinsu for the game. It features most of the voice actors reprising their roles. Uh, and it includes Nightwing, Batgirl, Robin, etc. Sounds very cool. A lot of the voices, like I said, are, are original. So we have Kevin Conroy, Tara Strong, Scott Menville, um, Lauren Lester as Nightwing, etc. Uh, didn't get great reviews though. It was like middling kind of at best. I, I never played it. Did you play that one? No, but I love that cover. Every time yeah. I went into a, a GameStop, I'd be like, "Oh shit!" You know, like <laughs> or or like a Hollywood video or something. It yeah, really good. Never, but yeah, I never, I never played it. I think like when it was co- that had come out, I was more. I learned from my my mm-hmm. uh, return of the <laughs> Joker <laughs> and sixty four experience, and I was maybe more attuned to like, you know, is this a good game? have people said positive things about it or is it well regarded and yeah <laughs> i i think because of that i i had avoided it because i didn't know much about it yeah same i think yeah once you've given been burned especially at that age like you said when video games are few and far between you become real skeptical and like real careful about like you know should i should i pay 50 dollars no right. even renting it because like my family you know, we didn't rent things. This is not like you can rent things whenever you wanted. So, like, when we would go, I was like, this might be the only game I rent for the month. Like, I might have this for three or four days, and then I won't get another one for two or three weeks, which when you're a kid seems like forever. And so when you rented a stinker, too, it was like, god damn it, I wasted my rental. I'm stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and then um, there was a game called The Batman, which was a hot-gen handheld TV game. I don't even know what that means. I'm kind of curious, but... But more importantly, Batman Begins, the video game based on the movie, came out in 2005 for the GameCube, PS2, Xbox, and GBA. I thought this was so fascinating, and I legitimately went to eBay to try to look for a copy. I think I'm going to buy a used copy. I want to go to my... Sorry, go ahead. I have one. Yeah. You do? For, for what system? The PlayStation 2. Oh, man. So you play this lot- one? I have a lot to say about this one, so yeah. Okay, so yes, well, I'm so curious because I've always heard... That the game is not great, but that the Batmobile sections are great. So I want to hear about that. Um, I'm going to go to my local store to see if they have a version of it. I was looking online. They're not expensive. I, I found um, versions with the case and the manual and the game for like 20 25 bucks. That might be worth it. I'll be curious to get your opinion on that. But one of the things that's so interesting, like when I was reading the wiki that made me go look for it, 
As it says the film's original cast provided a voice provided voiceover reprisals in the game, with the exception of Gary Oldman, which we'll come back to play later. Um, but like Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman in a fucking video game? What? That alone, yeah. I'm like, I need that. I need I need that video game that has yeah. these people. Um, but then, interestingly enough, I found this so fascinating. It says on July 17th, 2008, so three years later, actor Gary Oldman, reminder, the only one who wasn't in the first game, said during an interview with G4's Kristen Adams that a video game sequel of the Batman Begins video game based on the second film of the franchise, The Dark Knight, was in development. And then in his interview with Game Trailers, Oldman said he knew an awful lot of effort had gone into getting Batman's gliding abilities to feel suitably smooth or fluid for uh, Batman The Dark Knight game. Oldman, who reprised his role as Lieutenant Jim uh, Gordon, did not name a developer, uh, but anonymous sources reported that The Dark Knight was a secret project of Pandemic Studios and EA. However, the project was canceled and Pandemic Brisbane was shut down. I was always confused on why there was not a Dark Knight game, because Dark The Dark Knight was such a huge movie, you know, incredibly well-received, branded stuff everywhere, toys and shirts and everything, post posters, apparently it was in development and like part of me is like how did gary oldman know this much like obviously he must have provided a voice but he's like oh a lot of effort went into like the cape physics and stuff like they must have been i don't want to say pretty far along but they must have been able to show him something if he knew that you know yeah so i'm sad because i would have loved a dark knight i know it probably wouldn't have been great but like Based on what I've heard about Batman Begins, and I would love to hear more from you now, like it sounded like not a terrible game. So what was your experience with it? So I think this is one of the most underrated, underappreciated games in the history of Batman games, wow. you know, ever. For so many reasons. Number one, like look, I don't know if you've seen footage of it, but look at it and think about the time it was made in and the consoles it was on. This game looked amazing. Um, as you mentioned. Every, like everyone came back from the movie to do this game like everyone came from the movie to do this game Katie so you Holmes. have like yeah, yeah like Liam Neeson you know Christian Bale like um they gave like um Michael Caine's Alfred a shit ton more to do in this and like really built out his character more in the game like amazing like t- totally incredible um along with that so many things that Arkham Asylum is going to get credit for and everyone talks about is appearing magically, you know, out of nowhere. And that game comes directly from this game. Wow. Yeah, that the whole the entire stealth takedown system where you're like enemies are becoming more and more afraid. You're dropping down, you're grabbing them, you're like interrogating them, you're holding them from gargoyles. Um, they're like, where are you? You know, this game did that first. Holy shit, I did not know that. Yes, there there's a ton of like mini games where you're using your back gadgets to hack things and like um yeah, like that that even the gliding, the gliding, you know, across rooms and areas with like I know that this isn't the first game that did that, but it felt very close to what they ended up doing, especially in the first Arkham Asylum game. And that all that all came from here and like I think this game was awesome and like Again, just like it, it, when it came out, like ahead of it coming out, like it had a gigantic, like it was it had a cover page in Game Informer, and like there was so much thought and energy that went into creating it. And to me, it just feels like it's been totally forgotten. And again, yeah, like by the time people were talking about like the um, 
the Arkham game and like, oh, the cape physics and look at like the stealth sections that are amazing. And like people, you're building up fear and you're like coming through walls and stuff or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I just did that. And, you know, Batman Begins. Yeah, like but, you know, this feels very similar. So I think you should definitely check it out because I, I think it's it's a totally underappreciated gem. And also something you'll like, you could unlock um, like different bat suits. And, like, they would gesture back to the comics and stuff. And, like, you get, like, the Frank Miller, um, like, uh, Batman, uh, like, returns, like, you know, suit, the year one suit. Um, I think maybe they had the Nightfally one, but I can't remember. But then it would show up in cutscenes as you wearing it as well, which to me, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> yeah, these aren't pre-rendered. Like, That's I can just amazing. wear whatever I want. Yeah. Holy cow. That makes me even more excited. Yeah. I want. I definitely want a physical copy again. Just you know, for having these Academy Award-winning actors in their roles, like recording new dialogue is just that alone is enough to get me to buy a physical copy. But now I legitimately want to play the game. So what about the 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 Tumblr sections where you're in the Bat Batmobile, the Tumblr? Are those pretty fucking rad too? Like they are. Yeah, they were awesome. And um, I think actually. To this this game, I liked what Batman Begins did, where like they were included and they were a big part of the game, but they were also in specialized parts of the game. I feel like when you get to Arkham Knight and it's kind of like there's, I think, a, a need because they designed a really cool Batmobile to integrate it into literally every, <laughs> you know, second of the game. I wish they had taken a, you know, like a, a play out of... Uh, Batman begins his playbook and be like, what if we had sections where like you were Batmobiling it up and it was really good. And then we had sections where you didn't have to like call the Batmobile or use it to like open a trap door or something, you know? And yeah. I just thought that that game nailed the balance and yeah, it felt really, really cool um, and good. I love that so much. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out now. Um, so look forward to that in the future. What have we been playing? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely want to want to talk about that. I feel like now we're starting to get into the games that people feel are like the contemporary Batman games because the next one is Lego Batman the video game from 2008. Yeah. Woo. Um made by Traveler's Tales who make most of the Lego games. Um this game also like many of the Lego games pretty well regarded, got pretty good reviews. I bought it and have yet to play it. It's one of those things where it's like it's a Lego game so I don't particularly feel like super like compelled to play i'm like oh i gotta play it um but i'm such a big batman fan and from what i've heard it pays tribute to so many cool fun little batman things have you played it yeah i love the lego batman series awesome um yeah no you would love it it'd be fun again if we sit down and play it some weekend it would be super fun to play together and you would get such a kick out of there there is such like a deep like appreciation for like Batman and the history of Batman in those games. And like a, a great thing that like, for example, like a lot of Lego games do like Lego star Wars, for example, is you can like play as these really obscure <laughs> characters. And like, so if you want to play as rat catcher and, you know, Lego Batman, like you can do it, you know, and like, there's just, Oh, it's so much fun. God. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I loved about the star Wars games. Like you said, that they would include stuff that, you know is so obscure and you're like oh what i can play as like that you know like mech or that droid that was working on the the um, starfighters or something like that like that's i can imagine 
and and they do this in the Arkham games, which we're about we're about to get to as well. But um, just uh the being like delving into the rich lore and history that is Batman, and some of it's silly and some of it's fun. But you know, the fact that it seems to do that, I think, is is really cool. So I'll definitely have to check it out. You know, so you keep mentioning we should play things. I imagine like since we live pretty far apart, you're in Nebraska, um, I'm in Illinois. You know how like long distance lovers will meet halfway and go to a motel. <laughs> we should do that and like yeah! rent a motel and the people will be like, what are these guys going to get up to? We're just playing Batman games in your, in your seedy little, you know, $40 a night motel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They come in, there's like six consoles hooked up to like a little TV. <laughs> like we heard guys grunting and what sounded like physical altercations. Are you guys okay in there? Like, yeah, we're just playing yeah, Batman what's, games. What's a, what's a bat poon? <laughs> we, we heard a shout through the walls like, you know, there's the bat poon. What, what was that in reference to? Yeah. <laughs> That same year, though, Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe came out, um, created by Midway Games for the 360 and the PS3, and this is a crossover fighting game between D- the DC Universe and Mortal Kombat Universe, obviously, and uh, Batman the Joker and Catwoman are playable characters. Uh, according to the wiki, one of Batman's brutalities in the game features the Dark Knight throwing a battering at the opponent, which begins emitting a sonic, uh, s- uh, sonic shouts, attracting a swarm of bats that begin antagonizing the opponent causing them to fall over and try to fight them off. Um, did you play this game? I played it. I had it. Yeah, I think it. it is obviously the precursor to a, a great fighting game series. I feel like it's just like that. I think that I, I agree with most people at the time where like the T rating for like a Mortal Kombat game, even if it's a crossover Mortal Kombat rating felt like especially present there. And like, yeah. I think some of the, the fighting mechanics were still a little like, Man, which is weird because it like played like Mortal Kombat, but it felt kind of off for some reason. I have to wonder at Warner Brothers executives at that time if they were still going through an a, a, a like having to sort of grow up with some of their IP and Batman being one of them. I I, I wonder if like they still felt like well, Batman is for kids and we have to appeal to kids or we have to be kid friendly. Because even The Dark Knight, like, those are very mature movies, but they're rated PG-13. Like, there's not very much blood. Um, The action is, like, limited. And, like, there's some, you know, mature themes, like I said. But for the most part, it avoids being too graphic or anything. And I wonder if that was partly Warner Brothers being like, well, you know, kids got to still be able to. And around this time, 2008, um, when this game's coming out, I wonder if it's the same thing. It's like. Well, you can have them and they can be violent, but let's let's keep it PG-13. And exactly as you said, I thought it sort of hurt it. I love the Injustice games. We're going to talk about those. But yeah, I remember being sort of disappointed by this. Like I felt like it was a good start, exactly as you were saying. Like it builds a foundation. It was very fun to see Batman and Catwoman and the Joker in this universe. But ultimately, I did play a lot of it, but I walked away from it like... Yeah, that was, that was okay. That was pretty fun. Right. Unlike my experience with Batman Arkham Asylum, which came out <laughs> in 2009, the very next year by Rocksteady oh Studios. Oh, my God. Oh. So 
part of me is like in the in the interest of time maybe we should just lump all of the arkham games together since i think most of our commentary is going to be the same so we have arkham asylum in 2009 arkham city in 2011 arkham origins in 2013 which was developed by warner brothers games montreal not rocksteady uh arkham origins blackgate which was sort of a side game which were i don't know did you play that one it was bad. It was like a weird two D thing. Like I, I don't yeah. know. To me, it, I it, oh you know I if if listeners if you love it, you are entitled to that opinion. <laughs> I did not enjoy it because it just made me want to play like the main yeah s- sort of line Arkham games. But yeah, that was just my my take on it. <laughs> yeah, and then um, Batman Arkham Knight in two thousand fifteen. So we'll just sort of lump all of them together because again, I think the things that I loved about Arkham Asylum most of them carry over into the other games so what was your these games have become famous now they're easily the most well-known batman games some of the most highly acclaimed superhero games period they won all kinds of awards arkham asylum itself the first game won was winning game of the year awards all over the place and stuff so how did you hear about this did you buy it at launch were you like hesitant or anything like that so I heard about it and I read about it in Game Informer and then I watched the first like that that amazing opening scene they they had up for a while where like Batman's you know escorting the Joker through Arkham oh god which is mm-hmm. so fucking amazing and like Killer Croc comes out of the elevator it's like he's I have huge. your scent and you're yeah and he's yeah. gigantic and you're like this is the and you watch Batman's cape moving and you're like this is the greatest like fucking you know right. and it's and it's all the animated series you know actors so many of them returning and you're like this oh you know and then I played so like just that aspect of it was mind-blowing and then they released back in the day when they released demos for games they released a demo of that first section yeah where you could essentially play through it and you played through right until the part like where you eventually corner the joker and he turns the two guys into the big monster dudes and they come at you and then the demo ended but like then that gave me my first taste of like the the free that the free flowing like combat system and then i was like this is unbelievable and like i was blown away by it so like by the time the game actually um came out i was i was hook line and sinker like totally totally invested in it so that that was how i came to it did you have a similar kind of experience or pretty much the same thing yeah i remember hearing about it and hearing that there was a new batman game coming out that was based it was called arkham asylum um based loosely off like the premise of the arkham comics where you know that's not quite the same thing but like it's it's, it all happens in arkham asylum and you're dealing with like you know inmates who are you know famous and breaking free and stuff and i was cautious i was like that sounds cool i think it does sound more mature and like you know interesting but it wasn't until they started showing it like you said and i saw that opening and i was like damn like this could still be a real turd but it sounds like a dream for a batman fan it sounds like exactly what i want and that in asylum in combination with arkham city especially those two um it was it was exactly what we've been talking about like it allowed us that fantasy it makes me feel like sure sometimes i'll be getting too many hits from the guy and one one hit from a thug will take me out but it's after I've taken down like 40 thugs who've just been flowing in from right. different rooms. And I think it really shows that Rocksteady 
in particular, like I said, I know Warner, Warner Brothers Montreal has also uh, contributed to the sum, but like Rocksteady in particular had the vision that we were talking about, which is what it wasn't that they were like, let's reverse engin- engineer it and say, we have this IP, how do we fit it onto an existing thing? It was, what do people want in a Batman game? What makes Batman interesting and intriguing? And then how do we build game mechanics and a world around that? Yes. And they did that so well. And like you said, I think at so many turns, they're, they, I can tell that the people who are making it are also Batman fans. And it's not just, but they are also, there's a lot of fan service too. Like you yeah. said, they have Kevin Connery, Mark Hamill, who at the time, of course, he hadn't reprised his role as Luke Skywalker yet, but he's still like, he's Mark Hamill. Um, so he came back, uh, Arlene Sorkin as Harley Quinn, all of these like famous people. Um, Tara Strong, coming, I think. Tara Strong as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like, man, it's just it. And then to move on from Asylum to Arkham City, because in Asylum, one of my favorite things was the Easter eggs. There were so yes. many Easter eggs. You didn't need them to complete the game. They weren't collectibles. But if you looked around in Arkham Asylum, you would see just little things like a picture of someone I'm, I, I should have written some of them down but like, oh like the the penguin's umbrella or yeah. like you'd see the calendar man sell and there'd just be like you know like different calendar pages of different days of the year all over it or like tweedledee and tweedledums like hats out in like the the yard somewhere it, it, uh, amazing uh, oh, so yeah. made made the entire setting in the world feel alive and just like entrenched with like atmosphere and like history and like weight like it was so good yeah and one, one of um so like you said the calendar man i think is a great example because in arkham city that's one of the first easter eggs you come across if i remember correctly because he's like in the basement of like a church or or something like that and he's he's sort of muttering to himself in his cell and he's like naming holidays and things and you're like you said it's i'm like oh i'm thinking of the long halloween and all this cool um calendar man lore and then if i remember correctly if you play the game on certain holidays something happens i don't think i ever tested it and so maybe this is just some kind of myth but i thought that if like you play the game and it is one of the holidays he'll make a special comment if that's true, even if it's not, what a fucking cool little like, you know, myth to go around. But I think it from what I it seemed like a genuine piece of, you know, so I'm I'm so curious to try it someday. But I one of my favorites, too, was in Arkham City. So and I loved Arkham Asylum so much, but I wasn't avoiding press coverage for it because I was skeptical that it was going to be good. But when Arkham City came out, I was like, I don't want anything ruined. Like, I want to go in. I want to be surprised by everything so i was like avoiding most of the coverage and i'm glad i did because in arkham city at one point you're down like under the city in like old gotham like in the sewers and everything and there's this poster on the wall that's like an old timey circus poster and it's it's talking about this like big strong undead man or something like that and basically it's solomon grundy and I'm like, oh, what a yes. cool Easter egg. I love Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy's not technically a Batman villain, but he's sort of been co-opted as a Batman Batman villain. He started out as a Green Lantern villain, um, but he has somehow become a Batman villain, which I love because he's one of my favorite. He's probably up there. I think maybe I would knock off. If I, if I didn't put the Joker on there because he's like a, a given, I, I might put Solomon Grundy on there. He's um, so cool. And I saw, so I saw the poster. I'm like, what a cool Easter egg. 
lo and fucking behold, like probably 30, 40 minutes later, I'm fighting Solomon Grundy, yeah. who's this giant. And I have the action figure. It's massive. It's so heavy. Um, and I, but I wanted it because, and it's based on that version, that iteration of the of Solomon Grundy. He's like so massive. And it's this big, that's one of the things that, that the series does well in Arkham City in particular is boss fights, is like fighting yeah. these different villains, is it's not just, you know, a reskin or they're all similar or you're, no, like they're all unique and yes. you have to use environmental stuff and like figure out ways to like hook things and throw them and, oh man, what, what, like, you know, and I know that all of this is coming from like Easter eggs and like fan fan service and like thinking about again the comics the animated series the movies like there's references to all of that and it's just as a batman fan even they're great games on their own but like as a batman fan there's just so much there it's a a venerable buffet well you know what too along with the fandom stuff i feel like gameplay wise it was the first Batman game that I really played that kind of got all the different facets right. So, like, it wasn't just, like, a brawler or, like, a racer or, like, Batman Begins, like, kind of... Well, the, the, again, I think Batman Begins kind of did this, too. But, like, there there are also, like, all these, like, great puzzle sections where you were, like, Batman the Detective. There are all those great yeah. stealth sections where you're, like, the Batman, like, kind of monstrous, you know, fear-invoking, you know sort of like creature of the night they're the great combat sections and they were like like in, in cool like traversal sections especially in arkham city right when like they really pushed that um sort of gliding traversal system around which by the way i think that's why like it's it's like something that like insomniac uh like with uh their their latest run with spider-man like they've cracked it's like mm-hmm. One of the keys to a great open world is to have like a traversal system so good that like you just want to like zip around. Like you you don't, you don't even necessarily have a destination in mind. You're like I just want to glide around and like um just like experience like just movement. You know I, I don't need to necessarily be going anywhere in particular. And uh, yeah, I I I just thought like all those different pieces, which each individually is so hard to nail. Like they did that and they brought them all together and um yeah arkham asylum you know i think set that tone so well of like we're gonna do all these different things and batman isn't just gonna be like this isn't just gonna be like a fighting game or something it's gonna have all those different pieces and the boss fights did that too like they were so diverse and like some of them were like your traditional like sort of combatty affairs like i'm thinking of like with bane where like guys would come out and you're like hitting his tubes with like your grappling or with your batarangs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And eventually you hit him with a Batmobile and it's fucking badass. But like, <laughs> um, but then you had like the, the scarecrow one, which are like these surreal, almost like cinematic, like kind of, you know, like story things where you'd like go into like the morgue and see like your parents in the body bags and stuff. And like, then you go into this big space and you have to turn on all these lights or like the awesome killer croc one in the basement where you don't like, it, you're you're fl- you're like it's like the first matrix movie you're like running away from him and you're like afraid of him and you're like trying to like like when he pops up you're hitting his collar mm-hmm. with your battering just so you can get like you know a few more seconds to try to like get away and like yeah they're ugh. like yeah just they're 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 sort of um 
virtuosity to be able to like do all those different things in like one game with one character oh magnifique so good absolutely i do think slight slight criticism like i do think that the detective stuff as cool as it was it was a little bit too handholdy but i understand why they did it they still were going for a broad audience but there were times where you know because there's a lot of uh internal monologue where batman you'll hear batman talk and he would walk you through it. He'd be like, hmm, so the bullet came through here. It must be someone over there. And I'm like, let me do it. I want to feel like a detective. So I, I did wish that there was a little bit more of that. But um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I loved, you know, like you said, the different, ba- like Deathstroke, even Deathstroke. Deathstroke being, yeah. um, I want to say he was a young Justice villain originally, or maybe like a Teen Titans villain. Um, again, sort of been co-opted by Batman, but him being in there, uh and playing a role having uh, oh god what's his name i should have should have had a list of character names the the character from nightfall who takes over as batman oh azrael azrael yeah i'm like it's not gabriel yeah Um, but having azrael in there and uh having nightwing and being able to play as Catwoman later yeah, on. Yeah, like, she was so much fun to... Yeah. I wish they had brought her back for something with Arkham Knight, because she was so fun to play as in Arkham City. Yeah. I, As you said, so, sort of... Play, I loved driving the Batmobile in Arkham Knight, and I love yeah. Arkham Knight. I think it got... it's It was um, one of those things where it's like, upon release, there was so much hype, so much pressure, that it sort of got unfairly battered a little bit in terms of like criticism yeah, for sure. But I love that game. I think it's so great. I think I do agree that the Batmobile section, it's annoying how hard some of them are and how, you know, they're so required, you know, but it, 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 aside from that, I thought the set pieces and so much of the stuff with like poison Ivy and the city and it, yeah, it just continued on the cool things. One of the things I forgot to mention with Arkham Asylum from the Wikipedia, it says development began at Rocksteady Studios in May 2007 with a 40-person team that expanded to 60 people by the project's conclusion and approximately 21 months. So Arkham Asylum, this incredible game, was made by 60 people in less than two years. That's wow. mind-blowing to me. And that's such a meticulously crafted, like handcrafted game yeah. as well like that i'm i'm that's shocking <laughs> yeah and, and again so like, but i think that just shows like this is not some like 200 250 person project where yes three or four people are kind of steering the creative like these people must have had a say these this must have been most of them must have been true batman fans because again it just bleeds through in like every aspect of the game it's like it really and all those posters we talked about before of like you know step into the shoes of batman or put on the cow like this is the game that it so closely feels like you're actually doing that i really yeah. do feel like batman so i i love i love these games a lot um i know arkham origins was again sort of maligned a little bit i i like arkham Origins. i i had a great time with it to be honest <laughs> like so, i thought it was so fun I. yeah it, it definitely wasn't as exciting it didn't have quite as many like easter eggs and um exciting little fan nods as the other games but as a as a sort of an order or like a holdover between arkham city and arkham knight i thought it was a ton of fun it's really solid it was a little buggy for me i ran into some really mm. frustrating bugs but um again i played it at launch so that's probably 
probably part of the reason. But um, I like that it took place on Christmas as well. And the premise was super cool that like mm-hmm. Black Mask has put up like a, a hit out on Batman and you're fighting all these like badass assassins. Yeah, we're coming to get new. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of video game like cinematic trailers. <laughs> um, the one they did with him in Deathstroke, which I saw a little bit of the behind the scenes by where they were walking through some of the choreography is incredible. Like, really? it's so good. Yeah, I'll send it to you later. Oh, to, it's so amazing. Um, and also the DLC for that game was great. They basically did Heart of Ice, which was kind of amazing. So I, I, I like that, too. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about about that version of Mr. Freeze earlier and that he shows up in these games like that. It's like they took, again, some of your favorite versions of these characters and like they weren't like, let's do something interesting. Like they did their own thing with them. Yes, but like they were so faithful to some of the best versions of these characters that. Yeah, I just I was, you know, I can't say enough about these games. I almost feel like this whole episode was just a ruse to talk about these games because <laughs> I love them so much. And that's why I'm so excited for um, Arkham Knights. I'm I'm hoping that that's going to continue the, the tradition. Um, Kill, Kill the Justice League also seems really cool. Suicide Squad. But like for some reason, Arkham Knights, I think, is where I'm putting all my like, I hope this is it's supposed to be a continuation of the story if I understand it correctly. So, yeah. Um Arkham Origins. I'm trying to look at the wiki notes that I have here. I thought there was something. It, it received mixed reviews, like we've said. Oh, 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 yes. So, um, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill do not reprise their roles as Batman and the Joker. It says instead, Roger Craig Smith voices Batman and Troy Baker voices the Joker. Troy Baker received praise for his performance as the Joker and ended up in Entertainment Weekly's Best of 2013 for Best Breakout Actor in Video Game Industry. For his performance as the Joker alongside his performance as Bioshock Infinite and The Last of Us. So this is sort of the beginning of like Troy Baker sort of taking over as one of the more well-known and prominent voice actors. So Yeah, what a year. I didn't realize that was all in the same year. He must have been dancing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I got to be the Joker. I was in the, 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 the eagerly anticipated Bioshock sequel. And um, yeah, I'm in The Last of Us, which is, you know, one of one of the, the best games of all time. And also, you know, all current NFT nonsense aside is like phenomenal work from him. Like that performance as Joel is just amazing. So, yeah. Um, it, so I, I would say we should probably move on, but I do want to talk about kind of going out of chronological order, Batman Arkham VR, because that story fits in with the Arkham series. Uh, it's a VR game that was made by Rocksteady for PlayStation VR, Oculus Rift, and HTC Vive. Do you know a lot about this? Part of me is like a little skeptical and like ruining story stuff. I don't really know anything about it. Um, I'd be interested to play it, but I, I've heard it's amazing. Like it's really cool or has really cool stuff in it. Yeah, according to Wikipedia, I got mixed to positive reviews, but I love it. It's one of the games that I use to show off my PlayStation VR because I think they do such a good job of, again, kind of like the other games, putting you in, and this time closer, more more realistically closer than the the, the other third person games, like in the cowl in the in the shoes of Batman, um, the shoes, the the, the Skechers, the of Batman. combat boots, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the kids, <Yeah>. Batman. <laughs> 
Batman's kids. Um, the Uggs of Batman. <laughs> the Killer Crocs. Huh? Oh, like, like croc. amazing. I, I, I'll take that. I love it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like you start out in Wayne Manor and, you know, you you have control of Bruce Wayne's hands and like Alfred comes in and he's like, oh, sir, like call in the Batcave. And so you have to, there's a piano you can like walk around the room a little bit and like check out some like little things in the in the room. It's very cool, like a big um, model of the city, and you can like move things around. But then you go to the piano and you like bing bong bing, like do the little things, the little chime, and then you sink below the floor and you go down into the bat cave and you mm. get to see like you're going down and you see the bat computer. And there's a part where you can go over to the Batmobiles and like pull these levers and see big you know 3D versions of the Batmobile. You can't. You technically drive them as in, the, as in, like you choose one of them to travel to another point, but you don't get to see it, which kind of sucks. But but you get to see three D virtual representations of all the like the Tumblr and the the old '60s show and the Tim Burton Batmobile. It's very cool. But the story is what I really want to talk about because the gameplay again, I think it, they do such a good job. You get to throw batarangs and shoot your grapple hook and all that stuff, and do detective-y type things. Um, but the story is so interesting because. Um, super spoiler alert here. So if you haven't played it, which I know I'm, I'm, if you want to plug your ears, Paul, I totally understand. But like, um, if you haven't played it and you want to take, <laughs> he's plugging his ears on camera. Um, give me, give me a signal when, uh, the spoilers are done. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> so you, uh, there's such, if you played the other Arkham games, Batman is infected with, the joker blood like the venom blood and so they're both infected with this like mutated blood uh it's toxic and batman starts to have hallucinations i love that about arkham knight about batman seeing joker like on billboards and stuff we forgot to we didn't forget to mention that but we didn't mention that but i love that part of arkham knight how joker is sort of haunting batman because joker again spoiler alerts all over the place joker dies in arkham city um and batman is because he's infected with joker's blood is sort of haunted by joker and one of my favorite things was like sometimes i would see joker this is going back to arkham knight you'd like see joker out of the corner of your eyes sitting on like a billboard and you'd like what, what what's that and you flip the camera on and he's gone and so they had this thing where it's like the camera they would know that you like saw him and stuff i love that part of arkham knight but anyways in arkham vr it's sort of the same thing you're infected by joker's blood but you start doing terrible things on accident you kill nightwing but you don't realize you do so you're like looking to like find out like you're you're investigating the death of nightwing and you're like who killed nightwing oh my god someone someone who's like incredible at hand-to-hand combat and like knew all of your moves and everything and you who captured someone captured robin and like tried to feed him to kill her croc so you have to figure out who did that and it all turns out that it was you that you were the one because you're infected with joker's blood but as the Wikipedia points out, there's hints in the game that you're it's a hallucination that you're you're basically it's like this fever dream because you're infected with this blood uh, and Alfred's trying to wake you up. And so you're having these nightmares because you're infected with the Joker's toxin, toxin, toxic, toxic blood that, of course, because you're so powerful and you know all this stuff that you have the power and the ability and maybe even the urge to kill your closest allies because they're going to try to like talk some sense in or whatever. It's, it's super awesome. I, I really like that game a lot, but 
Yeah, so spoilers over if you needed this signal. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <Okay>. great, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> you, I didn't see that you took your earbuds out, so I thought you were listening. I was like, oh, man, I'm spoiling everything. Um, but at one point, you were sitting so still, I thought the camera froze, and I was like, "Is he He seems to be listening, but he's not reacting. Um, so, yeah, if you if you listen to this later, go ahead and, and skip ahead. But, um, but yeah, I, it's a great it's a great game. So let's skip ahead then, not skip ahead, but let's move move on to, uh, since we, t- we looked at all these, oh, Lego Batman 2 was in there, um, Batman the Brave and the Bold, the video game was in there. That show seems amazing. I feel like I should yeah. really give it a watch. Same. Anything new and different about Lego Batman 2 that we should talk about? No, I think it was just like um, improving on more of the the things in the first one that worked really well. I think this is, it's either this one or the third one that again, Adam West actually voices classic Batman. And it's like the only Batman game in the world where Adam West voices and like plays Batman, which is kind of neat. Um, yeah. And yeah, just really, really cool. So yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah. They, they, the original Lego Batman did not have voiced characters, and according to the Wikipedia, this one there was a huge discussion about: Do we do that? It was the first Lego game that had voices, and now many of them do, including the upcoming Skywalker saga one. So that's that's pretty cool. I um, Babu Freak. <laughs> they better have that. You know they're going to have that. They're Playable have that. Babu Freak. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Oh my lord! They they yeah, that's gonna be so awesome. Um, so the next non-Batman game with Batman in it, of course, is Injustice. We've already mentioned it a few times, but Injustice: Gods Among Us came out in uh, I don't have a year here. Damn, I don't know what it is. Probably somewhere. I think it was 2013. Um, but NetherRealm Studio, who was not Midway Games anymore, they made their own. The Mortal Kombat team made their own studio, made it and. This time it's a lot more adult. There's a lot more violence and the story itself is more violent because the story, which is centered around Batman, is that the Joker convinces an alternate universe version of Superman to kill Lois Lane. Um, hey, like wait, tr- drugs him or something. Oh, no, no, yeah, like the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, does Superman do it, though? or does it Yeah, it's Superman, because he's like, look what you made me do, or whatever. I yeah. did all those things, yeah. Um, and then he, he kills him for it. He yeah, punches, right, he punches through, he just punches the Joker's heart out, like literally just um, super violent. There was an attached comic book that I read that was actually really good, and that's sort of what got me excited about the story. Um, but... Yeah, like this game, unlike the Justice League fighting game that I mentioned before, really made each character feel like themselves. Like Batman is a technical fighter. He's hard to use, but if you can use him, like juggling people, like using your gadgets and stuff like that, and like, you know, disappearing and and reappearing, all that stuff, like it feels like Batman. It's not just, I'm a fighter that looks like Batman and I can punch and kick. You know what I mean? Um, they have, and, and the graphics in these games are amazing. Some of the best ver- like versions of like poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, a lot of voice actors like um, Tara strong, I think comes back as Harley Quinn. 
Um, just incredible looking games. I love the unlockables. Oh, speaking of which, very quickly, let me go back to the Arkham games. I loved that, like a previous, like the previous, like the Batman Begins game that you were talking about, you can get skins. So you can get like the animated series skins. My favorite skin is the yellow lantern Batman skin from, I think it was Arkham Knight. No, was it? No, it might have been Arkham City. Um, My only problem is that they don't re... They don't like, like if you're the, when I got the animated uh, series Batman skin, I was like, that's so exciting. You don't look like Batman from the animated series. They just take that skin and stretch it over the like hulking deformed version of Batman from the Arkham, from the Arkham games. So it looks kind of weird and silly. Like I hope that in future versions, you actually look like, you know, the versions that you're supposed to be. Um, But in this game, you especially in Injustice 2, there's a whole unlockable system where you can get all kinds of different costume pieces for your characters and make really cool bat suits and Harley Quinn suits and Wonder Woman costumes and everything. Um, did you play these games? Probably, right? You mentioned yeah. them. Yeah, oh yeah, I loved them. Um, yeah, Injustice 1, I loved playing as uh, Aquaman specifically. He was just like amazing. He and, was uh, good, yeah. His ultimate with like the giant shark thing or whatever is so badass. Like it was it was really cool. Um Yeah, and the the second one was amazing as well. Yeah, I I don't know, like the the story in the second one, obviously. I think the story in the first one is just like awesome, like the alternate dimension, like like superman and like like all all that stuff was really really great but like the second one like the story was like kind of more along along the same lines which it was fine but uh yeah it was super fun was absolutely gorgeous just like the embarrassment of riches were just like um now you're you know you're uh you're green arrow and now you're um fighting gorilla grod and suddenly (laughs) you're you're batman you know and you're you're fighting whoever and like it was just it was awesome like those stories just taking you from one hero to the next now you're green lantern now you're cyborg yeah it was just so good and uh the dlc characters in the second one in particular were amazing like you had the teenage mutant ninja turtles you had um you had hellboy which i'm like oh my god i've never had a hellboy video game and i love this character and suddenly like i i'm playing as him you know and it was yeah it was awesome so wasn't martian manhunter wasn't he one of the the dlc characters i love that character i feel like he's underutilized in the in the comics but yeah some really awesome dlc um, awesome photo mode for the beautiful character designs. Um, I love the kind of finisher moves or like the ultimate moves and yes. like having like Supergirl, like I think it's Supergirl's character that like, like you know, obviously like punches you a bunch and shit and then like goes out into the upper atmosphere and then like, like comes down. Oh man, so it's so good. I remember, you know. Like you mentioned, I think it did such a good job of balancing the characters that characters like Green Arrow and Aquaman, who prior to like the new movies, the new Justice League movies and stuff, was not a really big fan of. I think they were they've historically been made fun of by a lot of people. Uh, but those are great characters in the game. Like yeah. I found myself playing them all the time because they were so versatile and like player friendly. Like it was very easy to do some of Aquaman's coolest moves. So. Yeah, and then Scarecrow could do the oh man, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. that's another one. I can't say enough good. Injustice two in particular. Probably one of my favorite uh, favorite fighting games of all time. 
Yeah, so good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, and I think, too, just, like, they had, from that, that previous, that older, like, Mortal Kombat versus the DC universe, like, they had just... Yeah, they they had refined a lot of things, and I think from later Mortal Kombat entries leading up until that moment, like the the the, the super move, which kind of takes the place of like the X ray move from like Mortal Kombat, for example, they were just like little touches that really made you feel powerful, and made each sort of like super character feel like very powerful and cool and like unique yeah. from one another, and that was yeah, just so cool. Yeah, and i love sure. as a tim burton batman fan i think it's the which one is it the second game where batman flies in with the uh the um the, the like batwing the batwing bat yeah, yeah and they do the they do the tim burton shot where he flies over the moon and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it goes in it was so good yeah i love that i love that in the movie too it's so silly because like no one's gonna see that like you what do you why are you doing that like you're gonna fly up <laughs> pause in front of the moon that only at the very perfect angle of someone was also above the clouds so like some random person in a plane somewhere is like oh shit that's cool that, that's, about it. that's about it but it was cool for us you know yes so we're almost wrapping up here there's just a few more things uh, a few more games one of them is a batman arcade game by specular interactive from 2013 yes i included a screenshot because I, when I saw the screenshot, I was like, "This looks silly as hell." Like the the seat that you sit in looks like Batman. Like it has a Batman logo on the back and like his yeah. cape, and there's like bat ears. So it's like you're sitting in Batman's lap, which is a little kind of weird, <laughs> and like a big bright Batman logo. And I'm like, "Man, that looks so silly and cheesy." But reading about it, like number one, if I was in the arcade, as silly as it looked, I would I would absolutely be pumping my like dollar fifty or whatever it costs to play it, um, pumping it in there. But the wiki says. Player must use players must use the Batmobile to chase and eliminate spe- specified targets, such as vehicles filled with henchmen. Certain missions feature other Batman Batman villains, such as Scarecrow, Penguin, and Catwoman. Well, one mission in each uh, gameplay route sees the player fly the bat from the Dark Knight Rises, which I thought was cool. But it also says that it has a save system where you can resume at a later time, and it says ten different Batmobile designs from previous Batman media are available for use in the game, including. The Batmobile from the original uh, 1966 series, the 1989 Tim Burton Batmobile, the animated series Batmobile, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, Batman, the Dark Knight Tumblr, Brave and the Bold, Arkham Asylum, Dark Knight Rises. Like, holy shit. Yep. That sounds yep. so fucking rad. It was fucking rad. Have there you played it? it? Fucking rad. Oh, yeah. They had, oh, my God. Yeah, they had one at uh, the like the Walmart in my, my hometown had like a little arcade at inside of it and this was there and i played it as like a a grown a grown-ass person (laughs) you know who like you know (laughs) i was (laughs) everyone else in there and there was like you know 10 and under except for me i was like (laughs) (laughs) that is amazing that's why it's like there's no i didn't even think to ask if you played it because i'm like it's an arcade game from 2013 like who would have had the opportunity so it was in a walmart yeah, it was in a wow. Walmart. And, and probably a bunch of other places too. But yeah, one of the places it was in was my hometown Walmart. Yeah, Dang, yeah. that is so cool. So like when you're playing those other Batmobiles, do they feel different? Like does the tumbler, tumbler feel different than like the 60s? Yeah. I don't remember it feeling super different. And it, it might just be because like they want consistency for like some of the effects that it, it, it does. Just, like, I, I remember it like vibrating and making a lot of different noises and stuff. 
but like it looked really cool like each one of them looked very cool very different um and yeah the presentation of it was amazing like i would love to get like a cabinet like that for for like wherever i I move to next and just be able to to play whenever that's Uh, awesome yeah that's that's so cool yeah i'm definitely it's one of those things where it's like next time i go to an arcade um because I, I, our friends Eamon Russell and I have been talking about going to a place called Galloping Ghost out here in Illinois. It's like a huge arcade. They have a bunch of new and old um, arcade cabinets, and like if they have that, yeah, I'm jumping in Batman's lap and, and going at it. But um, I did like, you? Mm, by I, the way, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was going to say mm, I feel your tumbler, but but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Might feel your tumbler. Batman, is that your tumbler? Are you ha- <laughs> just happy your, to see? Yeah, me? is that your batpoon? <laughs> um no i was gonna say we didn't cover this in the news but um sega is now officially out of the arcade business which is just kind of not unexpected but just kind of sad yeah every sector um of their of their company because they're multifaceted they have entertainment like spas and stuff like that that they own they have pachinko pachinko is the other big um, kind of temple of their their corporate structure it's like pachinko and video games video games home console games in particular were the only was the only sector not hit really hard by the pandemic so that doesn't super surprise me but it is sad like they have such a rich history like that that was one of those areas in video games where sega shown and video game or video games and nintendo <laughs> never really had much of a presence you know other than very early on with like donkey kong um so yeah that's that's really sad to me because sometimes i think it's sad too that they got out of the hardware game i was a nintendo fanboy but you know they made some really great games and i think they were a really good competitor for nintendo so yeah well and i just i love i I don't go to arcades but i love that they exist and particularly in japan i guess like from what i've i've read which makes total sense based on everything i know about japan is that like arcades have really hung on and thrived obviously until covid in japan in a way that they have not in the u.s and to see like a major japanese company you know known for their their sort of you know arcade work like leave that, that that part of their 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 sort of history and and company altogether is just kind of yeah just kind of yeah it's a bummer i feel the 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 sands of time have shifted a little bit or something (laughs) for sure yeah um definitely sad news speaking of sad news no i'm just kidding um but like (laughs) uh, lego batman 3 beyond gotham is the next game we're talking about and i almost didn't have any notes for this because i was like it's another lego batman game we've probably already talked about it but this one, it says that the game consists over two of over 200 characters from both the DC Universe and returning Batman series. So they really expanded it. It's, it's way. And I remember reading this at the time. And again, as a DC fan, I was like, God, this sounds so exciting. But the thing that made me keep take note of this was and you, you already knew about this, but I was I was kind of hoping to surprise you. It says the game features both notable celebrity cameos as well as various actors reprising roles from various DC properties. Conan O'Brien, Kevin Smith, and Adam West appear as themselves, with O'Brien appearing as the game's guide and others as playable <laughs> characters. I'm like, when wow. I saw that, I did not know about that. So th- yeah, I didn't know that. We've talked. We we're both Conan O'Brien fans. We've talked about in the past, like him being in Death Stranding. He plays uh, characters in Halo Four, like little like you know scrubs, basically scrub soldiers. 
Um, and he is like notorious for being like, I don't really like video games or not my thing. I don't get them. And this motherfucker is in like three big AAA games that have made sold millions of copies. How does that happen? Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Someone like some folks on his staff are clearly yeah, they're they're attuned to this this particular world. Um yeah. and are, are are you know sort of connecting to it. Because yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, I think it's so so great. And yeah, yeah, I I it made me I haven't played the third Lego Batman game, but like it makes me want to now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah knowing that he he's in it and he's such a he plays such a big part. Yeah, it says he's the guide, so you must be hearing him frequently. You know, like, oh man, that's that's so exciting. So that's what we should do. We should have him on as a special guest on our podcast. <laughs> interview him just about the three games that he's been in. What was your experience? Tell us, how did you imbue the character of the guide with your unique personality <laughs> yes and you know conan if this means we have to go on your podcast for it to be even um i suppose we could yeah we could make I, we could make I, that work yeah, i could find time i think um on on either one uh conan o'brien needs a fan or a friend you know because we're I, i'm sure we'll be both <laughs> as soon as we yeah get in contact with one another <laughs> hey you call us um the the email is on <laughs> pretty pixels podcast at gmail.com if i got a fucking email i would i would be one of those things where i wouldn't believe it i probably wouldn't respond because i'd be like yeah sure conan o'brien's emailing me <laughs> he'd be like conan- he's a close-up of my freckles and i'm like oh okay Just a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> those are conan's freckles i would know them anywhere <laughs> he's like it's like craters on the moon they have like names like, yeah <laughs> ah that's the painted man section of his abdomen i don't know i, just, I was hoping it'd be like like star charts where you could pay conan like 50 dollars and you would name one of his freckles after <laughs> comes with a certificate of authenticity <laughs> it's like nfts but on his body <laughs> yes non-fungible or nffs non-fungible freckles <laughs> oh no this is where did this where is this going um this is how you know we've been recording for like three hours but yes <laughs> okay so let's, let's let's wrap it up so we have um in 2016 batman returned to arkham which was just a remastered uh collection of arkham asylum and arkham city um, I played both of them again. I was happy to. I hadn't revisited either of them since release, but I was I was very happy to to play them again. Now these the Batman. Uh, so the, the next up, also in 2016, is Batman: The Telltale Series. Telltale has since, of course, fallen from grace and gone out of business, and then someone bought them. But like we don't have Telltale games. But in 2016, Telltale games were were the shit the shit like the, the one of the like premier discussion points of video games and they made some batman games i have not played them i own them uh, they were out for playstation 3 playstation 4 360 xbox one etc according to the wiki it's five it's an it was a five episode series with a narrative done and is a fresh interpretation so this is what i've heard about these games is that if you think you know batman these games take a turn that you wouldn't expect and particularly because, as the wiki points out, you can make decisions for Batman. So you can play Batman as more of like a dark, aggressive, you know, sinister kind of hero. Or you can play him as a very sympathetic, um, forgiving kind of character as well, which I thought was interesting. But I have yet to play them. Have you played these? 
No, I want to, but I I think I was keeping up with the Telltale games for a while, but like mm-hmm. they were so many of them were coming out and eventually I kind of got like Telltale fatigue. So yeah. like I I didn't get to these, but I should, especially now that a couple of years have passed, like yeah, why not, you know? Yeah, I I wanted to have time. I didn't I wasn't able to make time, but I thought I could probably make time for like an episode or two before the podcast. Um I didn't, but yeah, maybe I will play them soon because yeah, I, I was never quite enamored with the Telltale formula as some people were, but I did like The Walking Dead. I thought <sighs> the Back to the Future one was flawed but fun. So, The Wolf Among Us I, people really liked. I did not get a chance to play that. Same. I've heard really good things, yeah, but I haven't haven't played that one either. But yeah, so maybe we'll check that out and report back. Uh, they came out with a sequel, Batman The Enemy Within, in 2017 and 2018. Same thing, a series of episodes in an in a in a sequence it says it received positive reviews with the game's depiction of the joker and the ability to stop him from becoming a villain being singled out for praise so again i have that one have not played it but super interesting um and that's it that's all, that's the end of the batman the batman chrono, chrono chronology badology um <laughs> and then with Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and then Arkham Knights, we'll have the two latest entries. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk about those. One of those this year, maybe both, but according to Bloomberg, one of them might, <laughs> might be pushed uh, <laughs> yes. to Paul's great... Uh, pray, <laughs> pray that this news is, is false and that <laughs> <laughs> not unlike um, Bram Stoker's Dracula, it was written on an arrow, you know. <laughs> shot by a vengeful ron to (laughs) (laughs) to trick my (laughs) my lover to to jumping out of a castle (laughs) and and that's why they ran it as a story like this is too weird to not be true like someone shot an arrow through our office window i don't know how this has got to let's just run it i bet it's true and i i turned myself into a vampire for no reason (laughs) i i i think i i I ran into my office and screamed the blood is the life and stabbed a (laughs) sword into my xbox one and a bunch of blood came out and And there was like three sexy vampire ladies crawling around and you fed them them an xbox series x Um, yes I don't know why this is getting way out, like way off of the original. The original, like you really ran with that, but I'm here for it. I love, I love these these little uh, imaginative tangents. Um, definitely up my alley. Crime alley. Hmm? Oh, Batman. Okay, so Martha. <laughs> having said that, so we've we've finished this very briefly. Uh, we're wrapping up, but like. Aside from the new, the two known Batman games that we have coming, what's the next Batman game that you hope to see? What would, what would like, if, if you could, maybe not like dream, you know, infinity money kind of thing, but just like the, if, if a new Batman game were to be announced, what would you be most excited for? I would love something, something building on the strengths of like the Arkham games that again, combine all those different elements. It's like a robust single player game but something like i think done like in a more like kind of fantastic art style and like more stylized kind of world um so i'm thinking of like the the look of like like the long halloween for example where like batman's cape sometimes it's like like it looks like it's like 20 feet long and you know like yeah. um and 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 like 
the it has yeah it has like a more like like comic-y like 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 feel to it or like i would love to see like amazing especially now that our like our, our graphical fidelity has arrived at this point to see like a game done like in the style of like bruce tim's animated series but for it to look like that good would be amazing so i yeah i guess like i'm maybe it's just kind of a boring answer but yeah i would i would love to just see like them experiment with like these these different kinds of batmans that we we've gotten in other mediums but like you know maybe haven't haven't crossed over into like the game world yet like what do you what would you like to see i number one i just want to say that i love that idea because i think as you were saying that i was thinking about cell shading and how some really beautiful conceptual stuff can be done with like graphics now and like the the power the the processing power of the ps5 and the xbox series x i think they could do some really cool artistic stylistic stuff and make it like we we talked about you know the couple of the games previously that were meant to look like comic books like you could make it look like a living comic book and how fucking cool would that be um i would also love to see something that's similar it would be like a similar take on batman in the video game world as christopher nolan had where you go back to his origins and like maybe it's a series of games and maybe the first game in the series is bruce wayne and it's like you start out as a kid and you're adventuring and kind of getting into trouble and doing like kid versions of things that you'll end up doing later as an adult um and then you go to college and you know obviously like the tragedy of your parents has happened um, and you start dealing with more social stuff and, and you leave, you know, as he does in Batman begins and you do training in other countries, you travel to different countries and learn different types of like fighting styles. And then I maybe, maybe that's too ambitious or too like a lot of people wouldn't be interested in that. But I think expanding Batman from just like the hero in Gotham punching villains to the many different facets and looking at elements like the social stuff and like again like the history and like how he learned these things i think would be super super interesting but you know probably unrealistic yeah. but or like bruce wayne boardroom simulator where you're just like yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that should have been my answer is a dating sim <laughs> oh even better yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman, batman dating simulator yeah. you can date clayface uh, that's, you can yep. date um... <laughs> why would I, he could be anyone you know <laughs> yeah. like yeah. man you know catwoman was really fun for a month how about <laughs> how about you do talia now and he's like i'm a man <laughs> I, I don't know why i need to transform yeah. for you why don't you transform for me yeah master of disguise my ass yeah the world's greatest detective couldn't figure out this massive flaw in our relationship <laughs> yeah, maybe i want you to be catwoman tonight <laughs> oh man by the way clayface also probably like top five for me i love clayface as a, as a villain the same great in the arkham so cool. games too yeah that boss fight was amazing oh yeah oh yeah in, in arkham city that's mm-hmm. right yeah don't you fight him like batman has like a katana or something too or like a sword is i really think cool? so yeah because um, you're just like slicing through the clay like you know whatever copies yeah of yourself yeah i think it's a so sword awesome. that you get from talia or something like yeah, that like somewhere under the something. city but 
Because um, Ra's al Ghul always wants to fucking sword fight Batman. That's love, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And there's yeah. a great, Christopher Nolan knew it was up. There's a great scene with like them out on the ice in the, the first movie. It was, it was dope. Yeah. Awesome. I love that scene. Yeah. I always think about that when I get really cold. I always think about uh, Liam Neeson saying, uh, what does he say? He's like, rub your chest. Your arms will the take, arms care, will of take care of themselves. Yeah. I think about that all the time too. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I think we're discovering that we're both clay face. As a matter of fact, we're, yeah, we're the just same person. Sliced in half and we do three separately. So we, we just need to get together and just like hug him. And like, <laughs> and like Batman. Batman. Um, but this was so much fun. I'm, I'm so glad we did this again. I know it was a long episode, but we probably could have doubled it or tripled it and we still wouldn't have covered everything that we want to talk about because we are massive Batman fans. So maybe we will talk about more stuff in the future. Um, part of me has been thinking about expanding into things like the new Batman movie doing like episodes on stuff that's not technically video game related, but we'll see. Um, if anything, we probably will share our thoughts on the new Batman film when it comes out in March because we're both pretty excited um but thank you so much for listening super appreciate it please if you have any batman tidbits if you played any of the games that we haven't and you have thoughts on them you want to share reach out pretty pixels podcast at gmail.com you can find me on twitter at losperman uh and it's not batman but i think paul had a game that he wanted to recommend well you know it's funny uh i was going to recommend something totally unrelated but i got a phone call from mm-hmm. Batman. And he, you know, he was going on and on and on, but he was telling me that his new favorite game of all time is Thronebreaker, <laughs> developed by CD Projekt Red, and that I should let all of you know that if you like Batman and you want to be Batman, go out and pick up Batman's favorite video game and write us about how much you love it. And then <laughs> us, we'll show that email to Batman, and Batman will know how cool you are and maybe he'll become your best friend. Were you a PR agent for some of these early Batman games? Because <laughs> that's like sounds exactly like the pitch of like, uh, but that, and and maybe that game that I'm talking about where you go through all the training to become Batman. That's all you do is you just play Thronebreaker and like with enough Thronebreaker, anyone can become Batman. That's so true. But yeah, check out Thronebreaker. Send us an email. Send us a tweet, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Yay! Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.